So the Wi-Fi is a bit temperamental, temp, uh, temperamental, and my old mate's a bit tired. So we're going to have to go steady as we go through this one, I think, mate. So we're uh, what people be listening to? Thank <laughs> you, <good> night, eh? <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there, mate. Let's talk about Thrash Squatch. Yeah, what a, a, just a dependable slice of good time crossover thrash, really. Crossover, I mean, Branny had them on his UK Thrasher show on his podcast a couple of episodes ago, and yeah, mm. what a what a laugh they were! But <laughs> yeah. in amongst all that laugh, a bit like our album of the fortnight at the moment, Lord Mower Death. Mm-hmm. There's some decent thrash metal going on there. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. Oh, no problem with that. There's a, a not just a thin veil. There's a big thick slice of thrash metal going in there with chaos ensuing all around it. And the interview really gave us a little insider of what that chaos is going in when the singer very candidly goes, well, I left, I was going to break the band. <laughs> they seem to be splitting up more times than Guns N' Roses, but they seem to pull it out of the bag. And that's just testament to it, that one. I thought it was a little bit, had sort of overtones of bad religion or not, not bad religion, Pennywise and things like that, that okay. kind of faster. A bit of a punky feel. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I really uh, so thanks for for Branny again for sorting that out for us to play that because I know we got the permissions from the from the guys and they were they were happy for us to play it. So that was Am I Real, and that was from the Return of the uh, Sorry, not the Return of Living Shred. That was from their Thrash Squatch EP, which was from 2017, nearly three years ago now. Wow. Well, three years ago. Um, yeah, six songs in 18 minutes, so you can't really go wrong yeah. with that, can you? <laughs> bang, bang, bang. There you go. Shoot them down. Just line them up and shoot them down. Now, Thrash Watch were the ones that gave an exclusive Never Be Heard, heard Before track for Moshing the Roof on 1, and they are on Moshing the Roof on 2, aren't they? They are indeed. So returning heroes as far as that's, uh, that's concerned. They've held it together long enough to get the sequel out. Yeah, good stuff. No doubt Branny will pop along later and let us know what's going on with uh, Moshing the Roof on 2. Well, he will indeed. He will indeed, which brings us nicely into uh, a running order. So thank you very much, Thrash Watch. We're going to close the show one as well with them, but with a different song. Ark at us, mate, eh? Exciting. A Thrash Watch sandwich is what we are. Um, so uh, we are going to have a reaction to Podcast 61. Um, then we have got guess who we've got parachuting in. Um, who have we got? Who have we got coming in? Who is it? Who is it? Mr. Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner, Jamie Kinghorn's done an old book review, but he's done it whilst he's been treading up round in Scotland, running around up there like a like a blue ass to run, you know, to do his virtual running from uh, uh, John O'Groats to Lands End and whatnot. And he's actually heard, listened to an audio book called The History of Heavy Metal lovely and he'll probably sound more fresh than any of us would and he's, he's no doubt been doing it as he's, he's just finished his marathon so good stuff jamie good stuff and then we got a t90 which is that's going to be cool then we've got uh, uh, another teaser from razor's edge we've got tim coming in from the razor's edge to tell us what's going on their website this week um and what is coming up then we yeah. go on now, I think um, maybe Angus has been on to you, has he? Because yeah, he's, yeah. He's, not, he's not been too happy. And he, he's, he's been the one that's come down and 
causing problems with the te- technology this week. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. It's he, Angus. It ain't, it ain't the other lot from that death metal band that we can't mention. We can't it, mention. It could be Angus. He's, he's not going to sue us, but he, he's going to screw us over. Yes. He, uh, the way he's, he's, he's going to like starve out the enemy, isn't he? Just, yeah. I'll have those fuckers. I just cut, make the internet all wonky for them. That'll fuck them. That's what he's. Worse, that's what he's saying. Worse than taking their money. Yeah, yeah. Well, we will battle through regardless, Angus. And uh, this episode's got more of his song on than last week's. That's for sure. So there you go. Um, and then we've got a busy old thrash of the Titan. Let the bloodbath continue. Um, uh, then we have got. Then we got Mr. UK Thrasher dropping in himself, Mr. Um, Neil Brannigan Fuller, to tell us about what's happening on his website. Cool. All go. All go. All go. And then we've got a shit ton of uh, what have we been listening to. Um, more coming in live as we speak. We should have a live feed, mouse where we should have like a, a Twitter feed that when whenever whenever something happens, we go, oh, yeah, so-and-so's listening to this this week, and we can have it live. And then we've got closing the show out with Thrash Watch, and you reckon you'll be in bed before the epilogue, don't you? Because you're, you're, um, you're getting ready for bed already, aren't you? Well, this is already recorded, Carl. Clever by the uh, technology. We, this is already recorded, and I am probably now fast asleep upstairs. <laughs> at least, um, yeah. So, um, okay. Oh, I thought you meant the, what you're saying to me now is pre-recorded, and you've left cheeky gaps like those phone pranks when you go, "I'm getting really upset oh, yeah. now." Um, <laughs> so you know, but that, that, that would be too genius, mate. So uh, let's. Yeah. Let's get let's get you off to bed straight away then. So let's start with reaction to podcast sixty one. So thank you as ever to everybody that listened. Really appreciate it. Um, it's, it's just a, a real kick that everyone sort of gives us a couple of hours or what was the well, last one was like three hours, wasn't it? You know, loads and loads of time um, when you could be listening to albums. You're listening to us talking about albums which is, uh, I, I really appreciate it. And I know you do too, Robbie. Um, so all we can do is give it back as much as we can by reading your enlightened comments out as and many as we come, as we, as we come, as we can. Um, that that's for another podcast. Right. Um, so Tim Finch has been on, um, stay out of the black and into the red. Nothing for this game for two in a bed. Uh, thanks for giving the razor's edge segment on the podcast. Nice of Angus to write the intro specifically for us, especially for us. Uh, he's an avid listener of the thrash metal album of the Fortnite club podcast and was more than willing to knock up a quick ditty at a moment's notice as the theme tune to our segment. Yes, Gorgira headline bloodstock in 2018. So we got Bullseye uh, poking Angus, Angus. The, poking, ang, poking the bear as far as Angus, Angus is concerned and confirming that Gorgira um, headline bloodstock. Thank you for doing what you and Cat both do for the club mm. and for your little sound bites now as well, Tim. You know, it's, it's uh, like Carl said at the beginning there, you know, it, it's, just giving something back to the members but the fact that we can get the members involved and you know we've got a you know the communication between all these different um you know people we're happy to share these things mm. so uh it, it's great and looking forward to what's been going on in the in the world of razor's edge in the world of razor's edge that's brilliant so look forward to that a bit later tim thank you um john wiggs been on got tickets for the london zentrex gig too carried over from this year going to be a good night yeah uh, 
kind of hesitant to get excited, but it's so far away you've got to get excited about it, especially with that build, the uh, Zentrix, Damnation's Hammer and Torture Demon. You know, it's it that that's a special bill in, in its own right, isn't it? And it's mm. it's going to absolutely go off that gig. It, it's going to be carnage down there. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, really looking forward to that one, and I am getting excited about it because I think it is you know all these sort of like festivals or bits and pieces are now happening and are being scheduled in, and everyone's instead of everyone going no that one go that one go ahead. Everyone is now saying even officials are going yes that can go ahead that can go ahead. So you say about you know, festivals going ahead. I mean, we heard the news today, which kind of would date this show, that, that mm. Download was you know, cancelled. I think mm. it was inevitable, wasn't it? It was going to be too soon, the June time. Yeah. And the logistics of having to get everything in place to then roll it out by June. I mean, it. you take your hats off to the people involved in, in these things and mm. how frustrating it must be really for them. You know, not just putting a show on, but it's, the amount of people and the chain of kind of mm. um, events and, um, you know, everyone's job leading up to it, need to know where they're going to be. And it's just a massive, massive logistical headache. So, it, you know, it's kind of not unexpected, really, that it went. But, you know, next year will be a special one for them, no doubt. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I assume that it's going to roll on. I don't think that the company will go bust, or they certainly haven't mentioned anything there was mentioned that they were going to um delay it and maybe have it later on in the year but obviously that can't happen for whatever reason contractual obligations or arranging bands and and stuff like that so it's probably just easier to roll it over for another year whether the bill will survive because kiss and iron maiden were headlining days weren't they and was biffy clyro do i can't really remember um, it seems that long ago that the bill was headlined and I haven't seen any posters because they haven't been advertising it. But it's unfortunate that of the timing that they are the big losers in this because they are they have just missed the train, hasn't it? You know, the, it's one of those I've always said, you know, when you miss a train, I want to fucking miss it completely. I want to get on there and go, shit, the train's nowhere to be seen. We well and truly missed it. The worst thing is when you see the train, you run over the bridge and it's just pulling out and you can't get on the fucker. That's the worst thing. That's the um, to miss it by a, a gnat's cock is worse than missing it completely. And it just seems that download have just missed it, haven't they? There's always going to be a cut off point, isn't it? And, yeah. And yeah, I mean, it seems that the the news of that Bloodstock will be going ahead. They seem quite confident that that's going to happen. So imagine behind the scenes everything that's going on there and and the other gigs that are kind of round about the mm. like, end of summer and. You know, booking shows for July as well. I've seen bands that are booking shows for July, and I don't know. It's um, it's exciting, but it's still with almost like a reserved kind of mm. pessimism. I, I know you really want to be optimistic because to get back out there and to see live music to support the scene, it's almost like we should be doing it because it's it's something that really needs our input, doesn't it? It needs our yeah needs our help really to get it back up and running. The bands that can be playing, that will be playing, that can get out there and are still going, then let's get out and see them. But there's still I'm sure there will be people that you know, vaccined or not that are, are a bit you know, mm. reserved about that. And I don't want this to turn into a big COVID talk, but it's it's interesting that um we're going to start seeing a lot more bands announcing shows and how quickly they, the ticket kind of out, kind of mm. the tickets get, get bought up really, or at least 
um, interest in the tickets because that's what bands need to see or you know promoters need to see that don't they that their mm. show people are going to be coming to it yeah absolutely just all turn up at the door on the night absolutely they need to they need to be uh counting on something yeah it, it's going to be interesting and i i just wonder is there going to be a full a few full starts i think the pessimism is there isn't there because it's a year of living with this now of quite harsh conditions it's not like um i mean there's been nothing in the uk really has there so for 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 about a year so you you've almost got used to it sometimes you always think what's it going to be like when what was it like before i forgot what it was like now you know so i yeah we just need to see what happens when it gets but i'm very confident that the vaccine would have had its effect by when is it march next year when the zentrex gig is so april next year um so we got almost you know 13 months to um for, for everything from now where we've got almost 20 million people vaccinated um i think there was the death rates are really coming down and all the infection rates are coming down and all the rest of it so all the signs are positive um let's see if we can continue that over and so this time next year it will be normal and it will be clo- case closed i know it's interesting the the idea of touring uh, an album on um you know touring the album on sorry touring two albums on one tour i'm just thinking of tortured demon next year in april surely by april 14 months time or whenever it is they'll have had a new album out by then possibly yeah, yeah damnation's hammer hopefully because they're what writing it and it'll be funny to think that an album that gets released this year or you know in mm. a couple of months time that night it may not be the one that you're going to be playing in mm. its, in, you know, in, in it, I know H talks about it, doesn't he, with mm. um, the age of entitlement and uh, possibly the next time they're playing live shows, they're, mm. you know, it, it possibly might be, you know, new material that they're playing. Yeah, that's, that is interesting in the respect that some bands are going to fall, because I think some bands have, it, it depends where they fell with their last album. Um, and it's, it's a case of, right, well, the album is now old, you know, it's it's well established now, but we haven't played any shows with it. Um, and if this was a regular touring cycle, we would be thinking about new material now. So yeah. as, as far as time is gone, we're thinking new material because we haven't written or recorded any. Um, and then, but as far as shows gone, we're still at the beginning. So it's going to be interesting. Is it going to be a kind of escape from the studio kind of thing where the writing new material and the creative juices are flowing and then all of a sudden, well, actually, gigs are back on. Let's get out there and do our tour for this. And it's yeah. kind of like, you know what, we have got another. We've got some more songs to go, but actually we're, we're, we're recording, we're, we're promoting this album or playing songs from this album. It's almost like they're not promoting that album that they haven't played any songs for, you know, it like, talking about acid rain, talking about, um, tortured demon. It would be in some respects as Entrex as well. It's almost like we're not promoting the album because the album is old, but we are playing the bulk of material from that. It's just going to be, a, yeah. but I, you know, it won't take long until we're all back, you know, an equalizer. It's done. There was a, a strange bit where you had a tour playing songs of an, an album that was 18 months old, a year old. And then all of a sudden you're back out on the road again, because you've got an album come flashing out. 
I think that's going to happen quite a lot, possibly. Yeah, I think you're right. But let's see. Let's just see. I don't think anyone truly knows, do they? So all we can do is speculate. One person that doesn't speculate is John Deary. He gets on with it, who said, uh, having a listen as I write this, the Novichok song reminds me a bit of old school Slayer crossed with someone else whose name escapes me. Hmm. I wonder if it's not escaped him anymore and it's come back. There's definitely, um, yeah, I can definitely hear that Slayer into the, certainly old school Slayer in the Novichok sound, but also maybe something off World Painted Blood, which is mm. quite more modern Slayer. There's a, there's a real kind of chunk and, um, I say chunk, a chunk to the Novichok sound. It's really kind of, it's got a beefy crunch yeah. to it. And I think certainly with, you know, World Painted Blood, it had that, uh, it was a, and and the uh, the last album they went out on that I certainly I can see that in there as well. So yeah, mm. I'd go with that, John. Good. Uh, so thank you for that, John. Now he took the golden boot away and he's back straight away. Graham Meldrum, he should stop writing good stuff. But he said, great listeners always. Going to have to go back and find Holy Terror on Talking Bollocks. Started from the James Murphy one, uh, LinkedIn returning heroes, and gone from there. Cheers for playing Malignant Intent. I don't really do self-promotion, so appreciate the opportunity. I'm thinking Thrash of the Debuts is an easy win this round, but don't think I've actually listened to Metal Church one, so we'll give it a fair shot. Uh, the watch party gig idea would be fun evening and be up for it again. So that's good stuff, Graham. Yeah. Good stuff for letting us play malignant intent. It was a mm. yeah, it's a nasty little. Um, as, as someone said, it's a a nasty little bastard or something mm. like that, didn't they? So um, yes. it was good. Of, it was good of you to let us play it, and it, it's gone down well. I think uh, you and Torn Fabrics and Cerebral Invasion are up there with um, tracks being played. I think twice now. So mm. I mean, Thrash Watch will have that because yes. <laughs> they'll be they'll be up there two in one. In one foul swoop. But I did think, I thought, oh, fuck, Angus is going to get us because it starts off with bells, doesn't it? Like a tolling bell. Dong. Yeah. And I thought, oh, no, he's done us. We've put fucking Back in Black on. Oh, I tell you what. Hell's right, Bells. Chris, Chris Cleo as well, Salted He's had two, two out of us as well. Oh, he's had two. Uh, yeah, but, think, yeah, he's, but he's certainly, well, Angus has almost had two because I thought, oh, we've got the Razor's Edge on there uh, on the last one. And now we've got Hell's Bells on here. We're going to get we're gonna get doubly screwed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew so thanks for that Graham Andrew Matthews great as always guys but what has Carl got against the cure sinking very nearly uh, sinking very nearly made my alternative T90 I saw Gorgira with Ghost a few years back and they bored me Gorgira that is not Ghost which is weird as on paper they should push all the buttons loved the guests drop in it worked really well keep it up my final words Jesus, that malignant intent track is a dirty little bastard. Just need go. to transfer my download to a CD and piss my wife off. <laughs> well, <laughs> it came from Andrew's mouth, the, the mm. dirty little bastard. That was the uh, where it came from. And yeah, I get I get what you're saying about Gojira. They bored him. No, they certainly don't bore me. But I know that when we featured them in that hit miss, or maybe four or five people, possibly more, were saying. Mm. I can't understand this band. I just can't get into them. My mates have tried, and I just can't get into them. It's strange, really, but it's not that strange because you know we're all into different things. Mm. But Gojira seem to be one of them bands that not everyone universally loves. No, no, uh, it does surprise me. But 
and it's funny because everyone that says that they like like Andrew there says they should press all my buttons on paper. They should you 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 describe them to me. I I would go oh yeah I'll be interested in that, and yet repeatedly they don't. They just don't connect with some people. So it's not an an un it's not an unheard of phenomenon, is it? An unheard of phenomenon? No, it's not oh. really. There's ample bands in our world that you'd think, yeah, everyone like. No, they don't. They just don't. It's just mm. it's littered with them, isn't it? Yes, I always back in the day. Um, who was it that a band that everyone? Oh, Kings of Leon when they first came out, um, because they were a bit stoner rock, weren't they? Uh, Kings of Leon. Uh, I heard their new one, incidentally, on the Radio Two Rock Show today. But everyone was sort of like saying, "Oh yeah, well of course, Carl, you like Kings of Leon." I, no, I fucking don't. They're shit. Yeah, what? And they, they look at you and say, yeah, no, yes, you do. You must do because they're a little bit like Caius and they're a bit like this. And, you know, they're like, well, no, they're not. I don't hear any of that. What are you fucking talking about? So I do get, you know, yeah, that does happen. But I was right about Kings Leon because they went all fucking, you know, a bit a bit top of the pops, didn't they? Yeah, I kind of never really got into them. I, I, I value that they wrote some catchy kind of indie anthemic songs but they weren't my I wasn't into them mate no yeah I'd rather talk about The Cure than Kings of Leon oh fucking hell no don't a pair of them mate fucking hell Um, so there you go that's thank you for everyone that's listening I've dropped me pen it's all kicking off. No, thank you for listening to Podcast 61. It's, it's Angus. It's, it's Angus. Angus who's doing it. Um, he's he's the he, oh, he's he's the, the devil on the on the right hand shoulder just giving you a lot of grief. Um, so thank you for everyone that listened. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, we we roll on. We roll on. So do you know what we're going to roll on with? Are we going to run on to something? Oh! oh, 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 oh. And you said you were tired, but your mind is like a <laughs> is like a is a razor, mate. Honestly, tired, yes. tired in body, tired in body, not in mind. That's great. Um, yes, um, Jamie Kinghorn, valued member um, and part of the Maiden Daily, said that he would like to do a book review, but a slightly different respect because he's done it all on audiobook. Didn't make any notes, and because he didn't make any notes, he said he'd just like to talk about it and uh, and tell us about it so he's done a little short piece for it and um we're gonna play it what have you got anything to say before we play it mate no i'm just really interested it'd be uh, like you said he's a valued member i'd love to hear what the what the book is and what what it what is well no what the book is but what his thoughts were on it so let's do it let's let's do it i had a feeling that I was going to like this book from the introduction where the author states there are two types of people in the world those who like heavy metal, and dicks. The book starts with a brief explanation of the Big Bang. I mean, without the universe, there'd be no heavy metal, so I guess it's relevant. Then, via cavemen battering the walls of their caves with bones, the birth of blues in the deep south of the USA, and the British invasion of the 60s, were taken through the development of guitar-based music up to the birthday of heavy metal itself, the 13th of February 1970, and the release of the groundbreaking album Black Sabbath. In fact, Chapter 2 is entitled Black Sabbath and treats the band with the reverence it deserves as the true fathers of what would become known as heavy metal. Subsequent chapters chart the progress of metal music over the years, delving into the many styles and movements along the way, explaining how various influences were fused together to create the multitudes of subgenres that we know today. Thrash metal album of the Fortnite Club members will no doubt particularly enjoy the analysis of our favourite genre in Chapter 7. 
Chapter 8 then follows up with a grudging discussion about the glam metal movement, although it's fairly obvious where the author's preferences lie, with quotes like, Motley Crue totally lived sex, drugs and rock and roll to the limit. It's just a shame they sounded like absolute dog shit. The breadth of O'Neill's knowledge on the subject is pretty staggering. He's obviously a fan, but has clearly also done a lot of research. The book's impressively comprehensive, covering just about every subgenre you could think of, and some that I wasn't even aware existed. It's also pretty funny. For instance, during the discussion about Metallica, specifically the firing of Dave Mustaine, the author observes that getting kicked out of Metallica for having too much of an ego is like getting kicked out of the Stone Roses for being a cunt. I said earlier that the book is comprehensive, and it is, up to a point. There's definitely a bias towards the more extreme end of the spectrum, although as I said, it does cover a vast array of bands and styles. You may find yourself shouting, what about Budgie? Or how could you not mention Rush? But it does cover a serious amount of ground, and obviously it can't mention every single band within the scope of what we overarchingly call heavy metal. I really enjoyed this book. It's an entertaining analysis of a subject I thought I knew a fair amount about, but it filled in a lot of gaps for me and left me with a long list of bands to check out, and ultimately gave me a positive view of where heavy music is heading in the future. In any book that mentions both Bessie Smith and Anal Nathrak during the analysis of an art form is okay by me. Thank you very much, Jamie, for that enlightening and informative piece you've done. It was sounded really good. Thank you, mate. He wasn't out of breath, three bottles of wine down, and he did all right, didn't he? Yes, he did. You wouldn't have thought he had just run a marathon. So that is um, a feather into the cap of Jamie Kinghorn. Thank you very much. And that book does sound quite interesting, doesn't it? Sounds great. It's- Especially the old Stone Roses. Getting yeah. The Stone Roses because you're a Yeah. I mean, I think Jamie did pick the best two quotes he could have um, yeah. to remember those without taking note. I wonder why he remembered those quotes in particular. Well, it, um, it was a great review. It, it was really cool and good to hear it kind of spoken as opposed to written down as well. It's just a different way of hearing it. And it's nice, short, sharp and snappy. And uh, he did a good job. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you for that, mate. So if any other member or Jamie wants to do another one, if you've got something to say in a couple of minutes and you want to drop into the podcast, it's our podcast, as in not mine and Robbie's, but the clubs. Um, And if you fancy it, give us a shout. We'll say yay or nay. Um, We may not use everyone's, but we are up for pretty much everything, really. And if it's just a quick drop in, we can get a couple in during the uh, during the podcast, can we not? And how about this for a bit of live housekeeping, Cole? Maybe as the year progresses and we start going to gigs again, and mm-hmm. obviously we don't want a two-and-a-half-hour podcast to turn into a six-hour podcast, but as, mm. as the year progresses and people are starting going out to gigs, who's to say that a little two-minute review of a gig and recorded vocally and then sent to us we couldn't get that in there as well there's nothing to say we couldn't get that in fact i would love that a little potted live gig fresh from walking out of the gig you just say it send it and then we'll we'll play it how about that brilliant yeah. S- send it say it play it <laughs> hey that's what you we know, could name the feature some marketing marketing team would have taken years to come up with that yeah well it's, it's kind of inspired by peter k when he was talking about the old teletext um holiday Said, uh, seen it, booked it, fucked off. That uh, whatever it is. So uh, it's a little bit like that. Um, but yeah, no, anything like that is one, when gigs start getting up. Um, that would be great. And like I say, we don't want footage really because I think we are very anti 
standing behind some fucker with an iPad while they record the gig, but just an old school bootleg of 30 seconds of an audio recording of one of the songs. That'd be fantastic. Then a little bit about the review, a little bit what you think about it. Certainly while the, the sweat is still on your back from the gig. Uh, uh, so it's nice and raw and then just send it off and then we'll play it. Good. That sounds, that's, that sounds great. That sounds great. So thank you very much, Jamie. That was really cool. Um, the book does sound interesting, quite ambitious, 50 years of, of heavy metal. It's a big subject now, isn't it? Or history of heavy metal is a big subject to cover. And I honestly don't know whether any book is man enough to take that. It's, it's just going to be a massive, great big tome if you discuss the whole of heavy metal, isn't it? That's a, that's a big old volume, isn't it? Well, I suppose you're, you're going to have your go-to bands that are going to be in there. Like Jamie said, you know, it started on whatever day it was in 1970 with Black Sabbath. And you're going to have the, you know, the mention of, of the key bands that mm. were key to those, you know, those genres and then those sub-genres that Jamie said there were so many different ones sprouting out in this book. But you, you're ultimately going to have that that person's, that, that author's kind of idea of, where they see heavy metal going, you know, like mm. we did with the who influenced extreme metal the most, you know, was it Motorhead, Merciful Fate, was it Bathory, was it The Frost, mm. uh, was it Venom? And, you know, I thought, well, it's going to be Venom there up there. As it happened, it was Motorhead, uh, then Discharge, and then Merciful Fate, you know, and our sixth band Omnium. Mm. Now, a bit like when you're writing a book, I might have gone, right, well, it's the Frost or it's Venom, but someone else would have gone, right, it's Motorhead and it's Merciful mm. Fate. And that's the great thing about it. We've all got different ideas, different opinions, but the, all the bands, they're going to be in there at some point, just in mm. different places and in, with different opinions by people. So I think, yeah, you, you're always going to have the, the key bands, but possibly along the way you're going to get different variances on on their influence and their involvement and, you know, where back where people saw them and what the albums mm. mean to them and all this it's just all that's what books are isn't it yeah absolutely so uh more audiobook i wonder if he done it on 0.18 speed as well that's uh um, well the guy well yeah I, I, was it an audio one it was yeah it so was an audio, yeah. he's probably got a cool voice isn't he i think he's a comedian anyway andrew o'neill isn't he oh is he i think so yeah okay okay fair enough but um, go on. Did you? Were you cutting out there, mate? Sorry. Uh, no, Angus is here Ang with me, and he's, oh, he's okay. got, yeah, he's, he's not happy, so he's, he keeps unplugging the router or router. Yeah. And um, the duck yeah, walking router. across. Isn't a router so. what you cut um, timber with, uh, worktops and that, don't you? So yeah, it's spelt the same though, isn't it? I think. So yeah. That's that's the problem you get. Um, okay, so well, well, while whilst Angus is having a cup of tea or whatever he's doing, or or um, probably raiding your bank account because he's, he's money mad. Um, should we talk about a alternative wildcard T90? Yeah. Paul Hutchins, thankfully, gave us this T90. It's the turn of the wildcard T90 this fortnight. So as opposed to the normal thrash one, it's 10 songs that you feel you'd like to share with the club that mean something to you. And these are non-thrash ones. So Paul... The only remit Paul put on these were these 10 bands, all bands that he's seen in the live setting. Oh, okay, yeah. That's one that kind of stipulation that he threw in for that. Mm -hmm. And starting off, 
uh, it wouldn't be a T90 without Rush for Paul, would it? And he went with The Garden. Mm-hmm. He says, The Garden chokes me every time I hear it. It's a beautiful composition showing the quality of this amazing band. Yes. Now, I I love Rush. Rush don't do bad songs. They only, you know, it's... Um, I, I was going to say something, but I won't. Um, but it's... Um, I was surprised by this inclusion just because it's a more emotional song, something that, well, it is a ballad really. And that's not really, although Rush do them, they're not typically the, uh, they're not the go-to kind of more uh, either proggy or uplifting songs really. So to to put this one on, I was like, right. Okay. And it's off the, the later albums with that whole host of that back catalog uh, this was the one that made it. I was quite surprised to see it on there. However, it is a very good tune. So Paul said it's a beautiful composition. I think that the vocals that were on there, for me, I, I, you know, I'm not a huge Rush fan. I, I like them, but I'm just not into them. Yet the vocals, I just saw a different side there that I'd not heard before. And I didn't know that Geddy Lee could sing quite as beautifully as as he does on this song it's mm. just it's just a it's a stunning song i thought it really was it was fantastic a really good way to you know like you say it's a bit of a ballad but it's a great way to set off this um what would turn into a real mixture but a real kind of well composed 10 song playlist mm-hmm. definitely and then picking up from that almost like you got the emotion going and then he throws in anathema the storm before the calm I've seen the band play it live, he says, and the sheer atmosphere that it creates is incredible for a song that is over nine minutes in length. Is this one you were uh, familiar with? Is it one of their sort of um, live stables, this one? Yeah, I believe it is. I I couldn't say whether they they play it regularly because they've got such a rich kind of amount of songs that they can play live. And it's like Paul said, it's their nine-minute song. It's from... Weather Systems, which is 2012, 2011, 13, kind of it was about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's very much a song of almost like two parts, really. Mm. It's kind of got the very distinct sections that almost like you're kind of drawn in, drawn in, and then as with Anathema, they just kind of unleash this crescendo or this just a big emotional kind of, you know, outpouring and it's just and it just doesn't it's just a yeah it's just a stunning song really it's a stunning album weather systems it's a it's an amazing amazing album i did think that we was uh like the first half was almost like an electronic drum beat driving yeah. it along wasn't it and then yeah it kind of went somewhere else in the second half yeah he then went for i think that's inspe- Inspector Cluzo, isn't it? Yeah, the Inspector Cluzo. We, the people of the soil. Now, what Paul did mention about this was that there are kind of a, I think he said, because we haven't got the notes here, but there are um, organic farmers from, I think it was France, and they actually still, they're self-financing, so they're still working on the farm, yet they're an incredible live live band Mm -hmm. and um yeah again what a vocal delivery this guy had is such a strong soulful voice he had and it was was kind of the song earwormed you didn't it i mean it was for me it did anyway i've Mm. I've listened to this playlist quite a few times this past week and yeah really liked it 
I can't say ear. I, I think this is this is the one that I earworm me the the least actually, but um, just because of the type of music it was. So I I did listen to it, and it, it, I I don't think I lasted all of that one to be honest. Oh really? Isn't it funny? <laughs> I just thought the video, everything about it, it. I don't know. Maybe it was the vocal. I just really liked his vocal, and and the whole idea that they're kind of you know actual working farmers. That I, I didn't look enough into it, and I've, I've kind of looked back and listen to some other some of their other stuff and you know there'll be a band that i'm definitely going to be listening to isn't funny that you've only listened to what 30 seconds of it or no, it is, I've got but... about halfway to be fair <laughs> how did you get on with the next one number four marillion forgotten sums um well tell us what tell us a little bit about the notes and then i'll tell you well, Paul said the sinister halfway change of tempo which climaxes with the eerie narrative halt who goes there death approach friend still sends shivers down the spine i apologize that i've not delivered that in the way the fish <laughs> delivers it <laughs> and uh paul's shaking his head now but uh, oh i don't know it was if i closed my eyes it was just like um, milton Keynes in 1983 mate just brilliant that's a great rendition um I've, I've got to say yeah this this got spun on as well i've tried so many times with the marillion i do find that they kind of there's a lot of repetition in uh, Fish starts saying things again and again and again. I go, what, what? You know, I, I get it again. Then all of a sudden, a very 80s synth will come in from somewhere. Oh, that hasn't dated well. Where the fuck has that come from? And then there wasn't there some sort of like, not the Lord's Prayer, but there was something like, Amen, Amen. And I thought, no, off. Did you did you watch it long enough to see Fish with the mic stand and going up to people in the crowd, almost like pretending it was like a, um, um, uh, you know, a, a, a rifle, and then like the uh, what's the the, the <laughs> what's the thing that goes on the end of rifles? It's just totally a musket, not a lance, musket, a musket, not a musket, a, a mus- you know the well, like a dagger thing. Exactly that, yeah. Oh, okay. So it looked like he was going, and these poor people in the front row that were getting, you know, not only is Fish quite an imposing <laughs> tall guy, but he's got this really makeup on. It's in the middle of this intense song, and he's thrusting his mic stand into people. But they, <laughs> you know, the crowd were loving it. They're quite obviously devotees and that. And yeah, it was quite a, quite a, again, a long, long song. But mm. I, I hear what you're saying about the the synth. But that's all kind of part of the. You're kind of drawn into the the whole story, really. Yeah, I didn't get it. I must say, I didn't see. I was listening to it on Spotify actually, and I just didn't really. Uh, this didn't connect. And I've tried with Marillion a few times actually, um, and I just, I, yeah, I just think, oh, they, they just don't age well for me, and I just can't get on board. They're certainly. You look back to you know we did the Maiden Daily this week, and we looked at the what we're doing it, and you look at the Maiden posters and. The artwork of Derek Riggs and you know the more modern artists. When you hear Maiden, it works with that artwork, doesn't it? Yeah. I think when I was growing up, flicking through the poster selections in shops, and you'd see Maiden, you'd also see Marillion as well, wouldn't you? Mm. You'd see Marillion, and that Marillion, like if you've got the um, Fugazi cover, you know, it looked like it for nowadays it'd be like a death metal band or something. Mm, you know, yeah, they, yeah. they they didn't really sound like the poster would suggest, I don't think. Yes. They definitely had a um a, a very unique style and great pieces of art. You're absolutely right. Um and I this was I'm not sure when this was. 
I, I had no you know recollection of this. This is all retrospect for me as well. So it's a, this was their, I think this was their debut. Paul said. I think it was the to early eighties. So script for a script for a jester's tear. So early eighties. I can't mm. remember the exact date. Again, he may have put it on there, but yeah, no, not that. That got forwarded on. I must say. Number five. What did he say? Number five. Deep purple. Birds of prey. Buried in 2017's Infinite sits this five-minute beauty. The 70s legends have, in my opinion, produced three of their best-ever albums in recent years. Now, I really, I was really, really enjoyed this song. I thought, wow, this is this is refreshing. It's really good. Um, so it, it's interesting, isn't it, when deep a band like Deep Purple have such a rich influence and such a huge back catalogue. It becomes almost a thing. Oh yeah, just play smoke on the water and fuck off, we are. Well, actually, no. They've got. I believe. I haven't heard any of their last three albums, but that song I have heard a couple. Of, they played them on the radio a few times, and they are definitely worth a listen. The new uh, Deep Purple stuff. Uh, I thought that one was really was one of the best ones on here. Actually, well, you look where the video was. I think it was. Uh, Hellfest 2017 that the YouTube video was. Oh, okay, and. The crowd, so much respect for a for a band like Deep Purple, and, mm. and as I have so much respect, um, you know what a, what a great guitar solo that mm. was. The, 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 you know, it was only short, but a cracking guitar solo, cracking. Yeah, and I think as well, they're a good festival band, obviously. But in that festival setting, you've got all of those people saying, thinking, right, they might have an hour, and they've got to play at least seven or eight songs, otherwise they're not getting out alive. I mean, if it would be inconceivable that they wouldn't play um, Smoke on the Water. They probably don't want to do it, but you know it's going to bring Hellfest to, you know, the house down. Um, so they haven't got a lot of room for manoeuvre for new songs to go in. But if they're off this quality, then I can see why the description in the thing is it got buried in 2017s, just because they can't play loads of this album because either they extend their set for three and a half hours, like Rush used to, or um, they've got to sacrifice something. Which is a bit of a shame, because it is a killer tune. What about Joe Quayle, the breathing hand? Joe is a, cell- a, a, a cellist whose music is much more than just one instrument. She utilises technology to create multiple loops in her compositions to create majestic soundscapes that hit right to the marrow. Right to the marrow. That's brilliant, isn't it? Uh, right to the marrow of your bones with bone marrow like pedigree chum um this one for me it started off i was going oh these, this is a beautiful sound reminds me of game of thrones it's uh ah oh, it's haunting it's brilliant but unlike game of thrones two minutes later it's finished and then you're getting someone's head hacked off this just continued getting haunting and it went from haunting to quite laboring to that's getting forwarded this one would get forwarded by you actually to yeah. be honest i think i lasted i don't know how long the tune was but i think i've done about three three and a half minutes I, I so i don't know how much was left after that uh, okay what did Moving you on. what did you think of it yeah I, I enjoyed it like you it kind of it started off and you're, you're still listening to um that that feel that it's created at the beginning it does kind of it continues and you're kind of it, it, 
does what it says at the beginning, kind of at the end, although it's unlike anathema for me, where it just kind of is this roller coaster of emotions. The this Joe Quayle one, it's like you say, it's a very beautiful kind of contemporary classical mm. you know, music piece. And it's in the vein of those kind of, um, I don't know, Steve Reich, um, Philip Glass, you know, Michael Nyman, these kind of contemporary classical composers who do something a little bit different. And and I could see this. It was, it was a beautiful, beautiful piece, almost like a film score or, mm. or something like that. But... It, it did feel like a, an accompaniment to a possibly a dance or an accompaniment to a, um, a a film or or something. Nothing wrong with it, but I'd like to hear. I, I certainly would like to hear some more of her work. Where you know she's you know she's played. I think Roadburn and all these other places that she's gone down or Damnation, where she's gone down with these you know with the metalheads. I'd like to hear some of that stuff where she's starting to really build the build the loops and. and the, Mm. whatever sounds are, are going on. I love the cellist, the, the sound of a cellist, a, a cello though within music. I think it's a beautiful sound. Cool. And then um, this one was the one for me that kind of got um, forwarded on quite quick. Although oh, okay. they're um, a local band to us called yes. Blind River. Yes. Freedom Dealer. I enjoyed the video. They were rocking out on the video. That was good. They, their bland of, blend of hard rock and blues come from a band who have served their dues in the likes of Pig Iron and the Earls of Mars. So I've heard of Pig Eye, and I'm, uh, I wonder if that's uh, is this Ben's band then? If you half know Ben, he used to be in Carcass as well. Oh, okay. He, then, was, in, he was in Pig Iron. Then I'm going to say, yeah, it's Carl. It is I, I, mean, I have no idea. It's um, no, it open, um, but uh, if it is, um, it, it sounded a bit kiasy to me. I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was quite cool. Yeah, that's um, if if they were playing the star in Guildford, I'd uh, probably get myself down there. Well, that was when I was watching the video. I was thinking, is, is this the star? This, you know, they were rocking out and they looked like they're having a great time and um, a powerful live live band. I'm sure, if, yeah, at a festival, I'm sure. Yeah, what a great band you'd want to see. Just um, let's move on to Skunk and Nancy selling mm. Jesus. He says this song is amongst their most killer, with a huge riff, powerful driving rhythm, and skin on magnificent form. Blistering band, brilliant song. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, like all the Skunk and Nancy stuff, really, I think she's got a absolutely hypnotic voice. It's uh, she's fantastic. And they were one of those bands, weren't they? We talk about bands that kind of transcend almost genres. Really, mm. they were an alternative kind of rock metal band, but they kind of you could like them. You could like them. Anyone could like them. But they were kind of accepted in the mainstream. They were accepted mm. in the rock, the metal, the alternative scenes as well, weren't they? They were just kind of – they were very good at what they did. Mm. And they had a particular unique sound, that, and that might have been Skin Singing that was so unique. She had a beautiful, beautiful voice and does mm. have a beautiful voice. So, yeah, just um, – yeah, a band that still sounds as good today as it did, and that was, what, 90 – well, I was at uni when this was out, so ninety uh, late nineties. So yeah, it still mm. sounds good. I say mid. I say mid to to, to late nineties. If anything, yeah. I can remember when they played with Kiss at Frinsbury Park. So they were on a bill with L Seven, Thunder, and Rage Against the Machine, and then Kiss headlining. So not out of place. I went down well. Uh, and then number nine. 
people went for Lazulu, Le Tombs et à la Rage. Oh, Superb nice. musician. You like that? Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been practicing. I've been practicing. You should have heard it an hour ago. It didn't sound <laughs> like that. <laughs> and um, the band incorporate trumpet, keyboards, as well as the Leod, which founder member Claude Leonetti invented and plays because he cannot use his left arm after a motorcycle accident. Wow. Uh, sort of a fascinating story, fascinating band. Um, didn't really do a lot for me, though. Trumpets, not up for... I'm not up for a lot of brass music, uh, mus- uh, instruments in metal. I loved it. I thought Did it you? was probably the best song on the album, <laughs> on, on the T90. Okay. It, yeah, other than the Anathema song, which is just, you know, it's kind of... In, in my head, con- you know, it's just one that you're so familiar with. But this, it was a what a welcome, a welcome addition to it for me. It just builds up and builds up, and it again, it's a a, a lovely, I don't know, progressive rock song. Really, it, mm. I thought it was fantastic, and a, a band that I've already started looking into their back catalogue and listening to. So, if um, yeah, if I can take a couple of bands away from this, that they will certainly be one of them. Yeah, I, I think it did make it all the way through, but I didn't really. Um didn't really again connect with me again the vocal i think this highlights that the, on this t90 such strong vocal performances um in, you know mm. you, in each of these bands apart from obviously joe quayle in each of these bands you've got such a such a oh, we haven't got to electric six yet but we've got <laughs> such strong vocal performances um whether that's by accident or where or where it's good judgment or the fact that paul's got you know, cracking taste and, um, you know, he likes a decent vocalist as well. But so far, all the vocalists have been unique and very strong. Yeah, certainly. Yes, great range of vocal performances on display here. And then finally, a band that Paul featured, I think it is T9, not T90, it's Thrash Island Disc, certainly back oh. last year, Electric Six, Naked Pictures of Your Mother. <laughs> Detroit's finest remain one of the best live bands on the circuit. Their annual shows have become legendary in our household for their excuse to meet friends and get ridiculously drunk. Yeah, definitely. And that's what they came across. I mean, I only really know the ones that, uh, you know, have a very fair weather knowledge of Electric Six. I know it was a gay bar and the other one that I, the name escaped High me. Voltage. High Voltage, yeah, that one. Um, but... They're, by the sounds of it, they're just a, you know, listening to this song, they are a, it's almost like, um, I'm not sure, I wasn't going to say Mickey, they don't take the Mickey out of it, but they're almost like that Eagles of Death Metal, where you'd, they're very ironic and to the point, of, are they taking the piss? I don't know. It's a thin line between taking the piss. Now, I'm sure Paul will go, they are not taking the piss. He'll assure me that they're not but it does sound like they are. Yeah. So, I think so. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think they are. They're obviously, they're good at what they do, which is right in that catchy kind of hard rock, like, like a bit of grunge punky in there, isn't it? But it's just a kind of almost like mainstream and very well written, but it's just, Paul mm. likes them and that's all that matters. Yeah. And so, they, it was, it was quite- we, we could sit here and say we didn't like it. We do like it. We, we love it. But, yeah, it's kind of a, a good way to finish off 10 of his tracks that he really likes. Yes, I thought it was a good a way to, if you think of it as an album, that's a mm. good one to close it off with, wasn't it? 
yeah, just a, like you said, it's a, when he goes to those gigs, it's just a time to get ridiculously drunk, have a good time, and I think that's what their shows would be. I don't think you'd be standing there, not tapping your feet, not nodding your head, not having a few beers, and not smiling if you go and see Electric Six. So sometimes you just need that, don't you? And, yeah. Um, more yeah. Now more than ever. Absolutely. What did our valued members say? Well, we had John Deary again. He's, he's, he might be getting the ball taken. Oh, the yeah, he's on two again. now. Yeah, He's on two. John Deary, Skunk and Anzi are a brilliant band, both live and in recording. Skin has one of those voices that makes you stop dead and listen. Can't recommend them enough. Yeah, um, and she is a, a great vocalist and one that I thought would, would possibly when Because I didn't really split up, did they, Skunk and Anzi, but they just stopped making records and ace started to be a dj because he's i think he's the more rock kind of guy in there and i was thinking oh, i wonder if if um uh skin will go on and do you know like a dance record with a very haunting track over it or a bit of trip hop or, or something like that where her voices but she, they didn't do anything it's almost like they stepped right back i don't know why but they just seem to to disappear. But they are a great rocking band. They can definitely they're, they're one of those ones very rare that you find someone that is comfortable both at download where they're there on merit and there won't be too much. Oh bloody hell, Skunk and Nancy, but they're not deserved. Yeah, they are a rock band and they're on there. But also at at someone like Glastonbury as well, they'll fit in there as well. Definitely, they'd be. They'd be like the Parkway Drive situation at Bloodstock. There'd be people possibly whinging, oh, Skunk and Nancy, you know, yeah. well, I don't want to go and see them, but they'd be the ones that are standing there singing along to the songs that were part of their, you know, teenage years or mm. early 20s or, or whatever, and uh, rightly mm. so, because they yeah. Uh, a, bit of a, a bit of a rose in the British rock kind of crown, really, aren't they? Yeah. They're a... Definitely. A band that should be celebrated more. Definitely, definitely. Kevin Adamson, Anathema are, or were, an incredible band and weather systems lies in amongst a run of half a dozen near-perfect albums. Oh, well, that, does, that t- does that hurt a little? Does that twist the knife? Because that's one of the first times um, we've mentioned Anathema as a were. Mm. So uh, that, must, uh, that must hurt if you... Uh, because um, I know you really like them, and I know um, Paul really likes them as well. Um, so it I is. Think it, I, I think it probably, I think it hurts probably more for people that haven't didn't get to witness Anathema because their live shows were very much part of the appeal for Anathema. Yes, they wrote hauntingly beautiful, emotional music, but their live shows were a real experience as well. And whether that was from the energy that the the band members were able to just generate from the stage, um, I think if they were playing in the right the right venue, Anathema could be one of the you know most fantastic live bands that you'd seen. I think maybe if you haven't seen them, you might think, oh, am I ever going to get to see that again? People talk highly of these anathema shows. Am I going to get to see it? I think possibly they will in the future. I think maybe they're just going to need a bit of time to do their separate projects. And that I don't no idea what's gone on and why they've split up. But it's you never say never, can you? And no. just um, let's be thankful for the wonderful music they have given us. Yeah. I mean, it could be that it, they just need a little break. They need a bit of 
creativity to, to overspill somewhere and then they could come back together. I mean, it's, I don't think this breakup was like Slayer. It wasn't like a big end world tour. I think circumstances just as were meant that they couldn't go ahead as the band, which is really unfortunate, isn't it? It is. John Wick, great list, mate. I was similarly similarly enamoured with Lazulu on the Fish Tour. Superb band, and there are a few better live bands than Electric Six. So there you go. John saying Electric Six are a decent live band as well. So yeah, there you go. You know you're going to have a good time at an Electric Six show. Yeah. They, they, uh, where did I, I think it was that Sepultura gig that I, um, we got tickets for. I think all over that they were advertising in the same venue. So I think just before COVID hit, they had announced the tour. So... I'm wondering yeah. whether they got hit quite badly by it as well. They were in that part of, right, we're ready to go out. We, um, we've we got an album and it's and it's out and we need to, to get out on the road. And then everything just got stopped in their tracks. And then finally, Neil Bolton, he says, who are this Rush band? Oh, them's his fighting words. Well, I think it would be for anyone else, but Neil's a big Rush band. Rush band. Rush He's band. a big Rush <laughs> band as well, isn't he? Yeah, oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but I thought I'd add that in there just for a little bit of antagonism to take the heat off of me knowing that I wasn't going to like all of the songs on this T90. No, and, and I didn't either, but I certainly the ones that I did like, I was, uh, I could say, blown away by, you know, three three or four songs that I hadn't heard before. And that's um, that's fantastic ratio on a wildcard T90 as well. So yeah. great job, Paul. And a, a bit... Bit of mosh. It was a, it was a totes of mosh. It was a totes of mosh. Totes of mosh. So fair enough. Fair enough. So thank you very much for doing it. Um, and these, yeah, I like these alternative T9s. They're good to have a listen to. And you just never know what's around the corner with them. Certainly if you don't know half of them, you read the description and someone like Paul that writes so enthusiastically about bands that he, that he loves, it's interesting to know what they are actually going to sound like after he's written about anything. Oh, that does sound interesting. I'll make sure, uh, you know, the Skunk and Nancy I obviously knew about, and I knew what I was kind of getting with Anathema, of course, and Rush, you know, obviously I know what's happening there. But then these other bands, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be interesting. Let's see where it takes us. So that's always good um, to, to have when you have um, a T90 like that. Having said that, are we back on the thrash for the uh, T90 next one? It will be in a fortnight's time, yeah. There's, um, we, we're quite well stocked up with T90s at the moment. We've got two thrash ones already in the bag, and we've got two wildcard ones that are being worked on as it as we speak as well. So, um, you know, someone's not going to get their wildcard T90 for over two months' time, but it's it's great that we've got them there and we've got them to work back to, which is which is great. So it's, it's fantastic that people are getting in touch and saying they want to do these. And whilst... Whilst there's still the interest and looking at the reaction from people for Paul's one there, mm. rightly so, we'll keep going with the wild cards because the one we're coming up in um, in a fortnight, not a fortnight, be a month's time, the next wild card one, again, is a belter. Brilliant. Look forward to that. And thank you for everyone that's doing them. And if you want to do one, don't get put off. Put your hat in the ring. Let's see what you got. We, if you don't mind waiting. Absolutely. Right, mate. Well, now seems like a good pause because I've got a bit of a damp, soggy bottom. And if you don't know what reference to that is, we'll let Tim explain. <laughs> You're living on the edge. You're not 
Welcome to the Razor's Edge segment of the podcast. Carl's found he's got a bit of a soggy bottom and has left his shed for a break, whilst Robbie has patiently sat waiting for me to finish rambling. I'm here to round up all the comings and goings over at www.therazorsedge.rocks over the past week, and also to look forward to what we've got coming up this week. Last Thursday, we had a special interview with Jake and Joseph of Witherfall to talk about their new album. Witherfall may not be too well known right now, but their new album was produced by a certain John Schaefer, and Jake also played guitar for Iced Earth up until a few weeks ago. We talk in depth about the new album, but also touch on how Schaefer's involvement is now impacting on the album's release. Last week, we had EP reviews of the new releases from Wolven Crown, of Mice and Men, and Robbie reviewed the new one from Lestelle. We also had album reviews for Laced in Lust, Epica, Evergrey, Summoning the Lich, Worm Act, Cannibal Accident, Time Lost, Moonspell, Grizzle and Plague Weaver, covering more heavy metal subgenres than you can shake a stick at. We shared the new music videos for Cannibal Corpse, Lamb of God, I Hate God and Based, all available for your viewing pleasure over on our website. And we had an audio interview with Telford-based blackened death metal outfit Blood Church, where they go into great detail about their rapid rise through the ranks. The interview is available on our website, www.therazorsedge.rocks, and across all of our podcast channels, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Looking forward to this week, on Monday evening, which will be yesterday by the time you listen to this, we will have taken our weekly visit to Devil's Island to find a band shipwrecked on the shores. We've got album reviews coming up this week from Acid Mammoth, Based, Bone Carver, Nick Seal, Recall the Remains, Hardcore Legends, Terror, The Hyena Kill, Witherfall, Wolf King, Wolf Heart, and the wonderfully named Span Javelin. On the interview front, we've got interviews with crossover upstarts Enforced and Sludge Metal Legends, I Ate God, coming up this week. And on Thursday, we launch our brand new podcast mini-series, the Covid effect. Each week we'll be talking to some very special industry insiders from record labels to publicists to promoters to venues and more, exploring the full impact the pandemic has had on the industry. The series starts this Thursday with a new episode every Thursday thereafter, all available on our website and podcast channels. On top of that we've got more reviews and music news incoming this week so keep your eyes on the website to keep up to date. That's another busy week coming up on www.therazorsedge.rocks. Until next time, here's Carl and Robbie. Great segment there, and Angus Young playing in the background loves it. Always good to hear what's going on over in the world of Razor's Edge. Definitely, and loads of good stuff coming up there, um, and some stuff that's already on there. So uh, get yourself down there. Um, And I've sorted my soggy bottom out. Thank you very much, mate. And, um, yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, Razor's Edge, there to be uh, watched and viewed by everyone. Uh, Really appreciate and all the good work that you're doing. So thank you for that, mate, and we look forward to another segment next week. Um, brilliant. Shall we talk about our weekend? Cool. What happened at the weekend? Wow. I mean, we had, it's like we had a big, big... Thr- 
thrash love in between two heavyweights of the heavy metal and thrash metal world. And we enjoyed, we, we, vote, we had 168 people come and join us, didn't we? We did. 168 people, I think, um, have either listened to or listened to this weekend or the leading up to this, this, um, this, these two albums. Now, what did you think, honestly, when Metallica's Kill 'Em All got the, the Titan behemoth, this outstanding landmark album got drawn against Little Old Metal Church? I felt a bit bad, to be honest, because although the random year generator, random year generator, random album generator, random number generator is totally random, this is very much like going back to when we had Lars Rocket against Slayer, it was never, there was never going to be anything other than the Metallica Kill em All win. Mm. But hopefully, hopefully people gave Metal Church a listen because out of this, out of this exercise, I certainly discovered the Metal Church album and gave it a listen. And I wouldn't have done had we not included it mm. in this here fair fight, which kind of was a fair fight, but... Yeah, Kill 'Em All was always going to be such a. Not only is it such a strong debut, it's a strong album as well. So it was always going to do as it did, really. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I must admit, I thought this was going to be a. I thought it would be worse than that, to be honest with you. I thought it would be worse than what actually happened, which I'll tell you about in a sec, obviously. But I think the general feel from the comments was exactly that. It was. I gave both a go, and I really enjoyed both of them. I thought the Metal Church album is a is a lost or forgotten classic. It's really good. It's not thrash metal. It's it's heavy, heavy metal, but it's not thrash metal, Where and it got absolutely crushed by Kill 'Em All. I have to vote for Kill 'Em All. <laughs> That's what it was almost reluctantly. I'd love to say Metal Church. I would love to say Metal Church, but I can't. There's there's absolutely no reason why I would vote Metal Church over Kill 'Em All. <laughs> it's it just That's what the general census was over the comments um and so thank you to the 168 people that voted it was a very big turnout unlike the slayer lars rocket debacle um metallica ran out very easy winners um they jumped out ahead and pretty much stayed 89 percent ahead all the time and that's what the closing vote was they uh incurred 89 percent which i think is the biggest margin uh, and that would have been a 66% or a 66 vote swing. So you would have to change for Metal Church to win. They would have had to change 66 people's minds from Kill 'Em All, which just is was never ever going to happen, was it? No, not even in a bit. So uh, no spot. I went for Kill 'Em All. What about you, Robbie? I went for Kill 'Em All. Yep, yeah. uh, and. Like I say, I do think in this, when we, we speak about the comments and things like that, it's nice to try and give a nod to the album that is bidding us uh, adieu. But there was just so much love for Kill 'Em All, really, that um, there was very little comments uh, really exploring Metal Church. So we'll crash on with those. Um, Dave Bradshaw I gave both a listen over the last couple of days to make it kind of fair really enjoyed Metal Church will definitely keep this on my future playlist but Kill 'Em All wins this all day long potential winner of this competition in my opinion that's great that David will keep Metal Church on his playlist anyway and he's enjoyed revisiting it or at least discovering it yeah 
I, I, I was exactly the same. I gave, like I say, I gave it a go uh, a few months ago on uh, Paul Hutchins' recommendations. Thought it was a great album then. Thought it was a great album now, but just not in this same league. No, likewise. I, I, un, unlike you, sorry, likewise. Unlike you, I had never really spent any time of it until this week, and um, yet. Yeah. As an album, I, I think it would probably score quite high if it was our album of the fortnight. I think yeah. it would definitely still hold its own. I think it was a little a little top heavy. Um, you've got that really strong opener, haven't you? Yeah. And the, the, like the one two, and then there's um, yeah, probably four songs that I was like, yeah, I'm really, really liking this, really liking it. That kind of then my kind of interest waned a bit. I think it's a very top-heavy album, but I do think that uh, it, it would certainly hold its own if it was an album of the fortnight. Mm, definitely. More, uh, more than enough there. Uh, mm. Matthew C.G. Green. Uh, Kill em All has that, had some lightning-in-a-bottle magic. The fact that a track written by a bunch of spotty teens recorded on a shoestring and released on the startup label in 83 is still the final song they play live and sung by countless thousands year after year, years in huge stadiums the world over, shows the potency of Seek and Destroy, something that Metal Church just couldn't compete with, however however great a track Merciless Onslaught is. Mm. And that is a great tune from Metal Church. Real highlight. But yeah, no, I think they were very, like I said, the you know beyond the black. I think it was beyond the black mm. at, at the beginning. You nothing wrong with that at all. That was that was brilliant. The kind of the, the feeling and atmosphere that that one creates. I thought, here we we're on to something here. And also, mm. I was listening to this. I was thinking, no, surely not. Can this can this topple kill them all? Maybe. And then yeah. after. It can't because for me, it's so ingrained in um, your kind of psyche, isn't it? Kill them all. Whereas I suppose for for someone like um, Paul that grew up with Metal Church mm-hmm. and and he loved it, then it might it might have done. But um, for someone that's going into a weekend having listened to Kill Em All for years and years, to then expect an album to topple it, it's always going to be a very tall order. But it was it started off very well. It was a great great atmospheric start decent playing like you say it's not quite thrash but it's thrashing around the heavy metal there and it was yeah it was it was it was great for a few songs i i thought maybe um what could have happened is metal church could have drawn against a not one of the big beasts like this but maybe another qualifier maybe the onslaught album maybe a power trip something like that a mordred maybe yeah and that it gets through, may you know, gets through that first round maybe, and then it picks up a bit of momentum. But when it came, it was never going to get past a, a, a quarter. Not going to get into the quarterfinals, maybe. I think everyone, I think, would um, would put at least eight albums in front of this one without even thinking about it. But I just thought it could have picked up some momentum. But any momentum potential that it had was pretty stomped out after um, the first opening. Uh, licks of uh, hit the lights. It was just yeah, all that good work gone. <laughs> what did our old mate Darren Jones say? Uh, got to be Metal Church for me. As much as I love Metallica, the only real attraction Killer Mall has for me is Anesthesia. The and Metal Church's debut is jam packed, full of riffs and hooks. 
certainly is that. There was a hell of a lot of riffs going on there, rightly so. Mm, yeah, it chopped and changed around. There was some good songwriting. It didn't sound too bad. The production was good. It was all in the right place. There was nothing wrong with this Metal Church album at all, but it's just brutally been savaged. Um, Graham Meldrum, he's on a brace again. Fantastic. Gave Metal Church a listen. It's really good, but it's a heavy metal album. Switched to Kill 'Em All, and immediately the energy levels doubled. It's just faster and more in your face. It's the subtle difference between rocking and ripping, and Kill 'Em All was definitely out to rip your face off. Absolutely, and I just imagine being around when this came out. I, I know a few of our members were around when this was coming out, in you know, back in '83. And what a f- to be to be going from that from that kind of heavy metal sound into this new sound of thrash metal that, that Metallica had. Mm. What a time to be listening to music, eh? What That's, a time. Yeah, absolutely. To be the forefront of that, you were very privileged. Um, Mark Smith, Kill em All wins this hand down, but Eternal Nightmare, Forbidden Evil, The Legacy and Bonded by Blood are better debuts in my opinion. Going to be fun seeing how this pans out. Yeah, I think if it came up against any of them, it's going to be certainly a lot closer, isn't it? That the the score would be. There's yeah. there's technically not technically better. There's well, there's technically better albums, but there's there's very different sounding thrash metal albums that you've got that like we said before that real that real just nasty aggression of the eternal nightmare mm. and then you've got you know the technical brilliance of something like forbidden evil or you know the gnarly kind of brute of bonded by blood there's so much so many and then you've got mordred doing what they do so there's mm. just so much going on but yeah it's going to be really interesting as this as you know who comes out of the hat against the eternal nightmare and who comes out against um you know fistful of metal mm. um, it's going to be interesting definitely it's a, a great great thing and um, it will be interesting to see how it pans out. You're absolutely right, Mark. So now this is a bit of a long one. It's from Paul Hutchings, who um, who could do write, write these words for fun, it seems. Certainly about a subject that he knows a lot about, which is Metal Church, because I know he championed them. And I think he may have, when we had the free-for-all Omnium, I think he did, uh, He uh, Paul was the one that, that suggested Metal Church. So I've, I've put it all up here, and I think this is just our last testament to... Uh, Last will and testament to Metal Church before we bury them. Um, I, and Paul writes, I admitted a deep sigh when this tie was drawn on the podcast at the beginning of the week. One of my all-time favourite bands against the debut of probably the biggest metal band of all time. I know it was going to be a bloodbath, but that's okay with me. I haven't listened to Kill 'Em All for a long time, but each track still stands up well today. It is a mighty debut album which will likely get the fight to the final four, if not the final. Metal Church have always been a favourite in this parish. David Wayne's vocals are so distinct, and for a debut, Metal Church is solid and full of great riffs. It rarely gets into full thrash mode, though, and the band really are not an out-and-out thrash band. Kurt Vanderhoof can write riffs for fun but Metal Church sit with Armoured Saint at the thrashier end of traditional metal. Whilst Metal Church seem more and more to me, uh, means more to me than Kill 'Em All, it's a Manchester City versus Cardiff City scenario here. The plucky underdog will have a good go, but class will tell with a comfortable 3-0 win to the favourites. 
Kill Em All will get a landslide, and rightly so. It's the better thrash album. So fuck it. I'm voting for Metal Church. And yes, I know that's Mike Howe in the photo with Kurt and me. He also published a photo. Great, did, yeah. great words and uh, a good way to end it there. They were always the underdog in this particular um, scenario. And uh, they did get well built, beaten. But it's one of those things, well beaten, didn't deserve the, the beating that they got. But they can hold their heads up high because it's a fine piece of work, that first album. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So that was a fantastic round, but kill them all, as we kind of predicted, sails comfortably into the next round, the most comfortable victory by uh, by a long way. But now we have got to choose our next round. Okay. What are the numbers, mate? Well, I will get the, uh, I will get the super-duper spreadsheet up. <laughs> And it is one to eighteen. Some still some big boys in there. Still some guys from the qualifiers. Let's see one where to this... eighteen. One Let's to see. eighteen. Number fourteen, Carl. Number fourteen. Oh, I think this is one of yours. Uh, it's certainly a qualifier. Possessed. Oh, I tell you what, there's a dark horse there. There you go. Now, so is this seven churches? Yeah. So, yeah, the death metal overtones with this. Very, very interesting. It depends who. Uh, there's a few that I would would. Well, I tell you, no one wants to come up against this. I don't think really? anyone wants to come up against Seven Churches. Absolutely, I think it's it's a cult classic, and I think if people hear it over the, well, people have heard it, haven't they? The majority. I just hope people give it more of a more of a bit of a bit of a listen because there's a, you know, when we spoke earlier, we talked about who. I, th- I think Pezzes might have even been in that extreme metal yeah. we did. Yeah. I, th- I think they possibly were, but yeah, their influence and their their input into the kind of thrash, death metal, uh, black metal, it's, it's all there. Their extreme metal is, they were right at the kind of, right at the start, weren't they? 19, when Seven Churches was, I think, 83 as well or 85. It's certainly, certainly an early early one of these debuts and to be doing what they were doing so ahead of pretty much everyone else is it's just fantastic cool well let's see if they if they get a big boy i think they're getting crushed right okay well let's see one, one to, to 17 one to 17 my apologies whoever this might be it's 11 carl sacred reich Okay, that's interesting. That yeah, okay. So that's is that that's ignorance, right? So we've gone for ignorance, yeah. So, mm, now this is bearing in mind, Sacred Reich is in uh, the ignorance. The album is in the Hall of Fame. Um, Sacred Reich are a, a a straight up thrash band, you could say. Um, yes, but. But they, you know, they're not the stature of the big four or uh, even the the guys underneath that. Uh, some of the UK bands, I think, could do shake Sacred Reich as well. Mm, I, I think it's going to be very close. Do you think this is going to be a close one? I think Sacred Reich will come out winners. I think they will get at least sixty five percent of the vote. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think they will win. 
but I think it'll be close and I think there'll be a lot of people going oh I just can't decide I just can't do it but oh it's just you know the rift to um, is it Def Squad uh, it yeah. just does it for me and Later Rest is a beautiful song I'm yeah, I'm going to go with Ignorance it was my introduction to Sacred Reich whereas Possessed was just a little bit before my time so they passed me by but um, possibly I just think yeah the crunch of Ignorance might just see them through yeah but I am definitely going to enjoy listening to Possessed and giving that some time and we're going back to you're you're going you're going possessed, are you? Yeah, that's where I'm putting my vote. Absolutely, yeah, I, I really like that album. Okay, I'm going to hold fire because I um, I'm not so familiar with the uh, with Seven Churches, so I'm definitely going to give that a go. Um, okay. I'm going to give both. I always do. Yeah. I will throughout this competition listen to both uh, when they get uh, when they get um, drawn out the hat, uh, and that includes in later rounds as well. So yes, that's a that's a nice. Um, couple of hours there listening to ignorance and seven churches i always think that because obviously we know now who's come out of the draw as will the hierarchy tomorrow they've got tuesday wednesday thursday friday mm. to get these albums under their to listen to and really spend some time I, I always feel a bit sorry really come saturday morning for those that don't <laughs> listen to the podcast because they've got 36 to 40 hours to kind of consume if they you know, if you're not aware of seven churches you might put it on and think oh no nah, can't do that but it might be an album that you might listen to two or three times and go wow i can see what they're doing now i really enjoy that mm. uh, i just think sometimes you need a bit longer with these albums but that's all part of the kind of competition isn't it it's just like it's one or the other. I think maybe I look into it a little, yeah. a little bit too detailed. No, but I know what you mean because I, I, I love it and I get really into it. And I think, right, I'm definitely going to listen to both albums. I'm just going to listen to them both back to back. And I need some time to do that. If I were to see that Saturday morning and I'm going to make a decision by Sunday yeah. Sunday evening, I'm thinking, God, oh, when am I actually going to be listening to those two? Certainly over a weekend, which are uh, busy, busy, busy. So, um yeah, know what you mean, know what you mean. But that's the advantage of being in the hierarchy, mate. So, Possessed Sacred Reich, two fantastic logos. Anyway, Possessed, I love that logo. And the Sacred Reich is so iconic, but we're talking about two albums, aren't we? We're talking about Seven Churches, Ignorance. It's going to be interesting. Definitely. Great, great draw. Not a bad draw at all. Um, and we'll thrash that out. Like the UK thrashers, mate. Cool, you're on fire. Absolutely on fire. Tell us, tell us, mate, and then we'll jam it. Well, our old mate Branny, he's been on, he's dropped in again, hasn't he? And uh, he's just going to let us know what's been going on in the world of UK thrashers. Okay. Welcome to our UK Thrashers, the thrash metal album of the Fortnite Club Weekly Roundup. First up, UK news. Tortured Demon have announced their In Desperation's Grip launch party will take place on the 30th of April in Whittle Oldham. That'll be an outdoor gig, of course, so uh, get down there if you're local. 
Unearth have announced that there's an all-dayer coming on the 17th of July with Black and Thrash favourites Devastator headlining this hometown show. Beyond Your Design, Kings Abyss, Reaper, Illyrian, Tortured Demon and Blood Rust finish out this amazing fucking day. Let's hope Boris's roadmap doesn't crash so we can all go ahead. Shrapnel are teasing talk about something new, so we look forward to seeing what the lads have up their sleeve. On our site this week, we've posted the latest lyric video from Scottish favourites Virus, The Hand That Feeds. Plus, we've had a handful of new releases from our team of Thrash Commandos. First up, Neil Bolton reviews the impressive debut from new wave UK death metal band Celestial Sanctuary and their album Soul Diminished. Ewan Henderson gives fellow Scots Coffin Mulch and their EP Septic Funeral Listen and raves about the Swedish death metal-inspired goodness. Asa Henry-Jones heads to Missouri for his powerful review of Summoning the Lich album, United in Chaos. Paul Hutchins reviews the new album from Bloodmoors, UK Death Thrash. Their new album, Too Close to the Sun, comes out at the end of the month. Finally... Your own Robbie Maguire reviews the new Blacklist single, Blood on the Sand, and sees how much the Blackpool lads have come on in the last year. That's out this Friday, so make sure you check that out. We bust into this week's podcast with a spin kick and some ninja moves as we do some karate in the pit. Yep, we catch up with all things crossover as we interviews Yorkshire's Sidewinder. Stopped in their tracks by the pandemic, these lads have got a history in the UK thrash scene, mainly centred around the snooty fox and the gigs and bands that made it a thrash haven. And as well as Sidewinder, we fill the show with crossover from Stonehand, Kingpin, Overpower and Inhuman Nature. We also cover Malaysian thrash from Exothermics. In next week's show, we catch up with Kieran from Ashen Crown and Grimort. In Mosh and the Roof on News, a CD pre-order sale continue to trickle out the door. We've sold over 150 copies now, which is really positive. We'll be having a big push this week as once again it's Bandcamp Friday and it's also the end of our Name in the Booklet pre-orders. So that finishes Sunday. So if you want to be part of the supporters page, get your order in. It is only 10 quid for 30 track. It's a bargain. So please pick that up if you can. UKthrashers.bandcamp.com and that's the end of this week's The Thrash Metal Album of the Fortnite Club, UK Thrashers Radio Roundup. Back over to Carl and Robbie and a whole lot of cuntbags. This is Tyler from Blacklist and you are listening to the UK Thrashers Radio Show. Thank you very much, Branny, for that. Excellent bit. Awesome. Yeah, it's always good to know what's going on down in the world of UK thrashers. Fantastic work that Branny's doing for the, the scene in the UK. The amount of work that he puts in, not only to his own kind of his own club, but the help that he gives me and you is invaluable. Mm. It really is. He does it off his own back, and it's just fantastic. So I think, uh, yeah, give yourself a well-earned pat on the back, Neil. Yeah. Uh, New Year's honours list um, services to thrash metal, mate. That's uh, that's what it is. That's what's going to have to going to have to. Happen. That's what we're going to push for. Get old Liz to get the sword round his chops, mate. That's what we need to do. Get him knighted up, right? So thanks for that, mate. Uh, we look forward to the new one next week. Really um, enjoy listening to that. As is the uh, podcast, really good um, with the with the crossover band. Yeah, Sidewinder, that was a great one again, wasn't it? He had yeah. Sidewinder from Wakefield, weren't they? Yeah, and I really, I mean, it was a bit of a lively interview, and it all started off, they were bouncing off the walls, and then they kind of 
settled down a little bit and started talking about what the kind of scene meant to them about how they grew up around that that pub that they were talking about was it the snooty fox or whatever snooty fox yeah. and uh it, it it kind of opened them up a little bit to actually talk about how th- this music has affected them and and how they see it going forward and i found that part of the interview really interesting it wasn't it wasn't deep or anything like that i mean it was very joe very uplift very um light-hearted conversation but they were at the, at the front end they were sort of bouncing around they were really excited to be there and then to talk about their music but then actually they did have lots to say about a lot of other things as well it was really um it wasn't as one-dimensional as we're a band and we're going to talk about our album no and you say you're right and, and you say that whilst it wasn't it wasn't deep and it wasn't I think what was highlighted very well by them was the importance of, I think they just said, of folk being decent folk, not being dicks. These guys just know the importance of getting on with people that you want to play with because bands aren't going to want to play with you. And Mm. they just seemed real down-to-earth lads that have got a real passion for music, a passion for putting music on, and just promoting the scene, the amount of bands that they were reeling off, that's it. You know who are big on the scene, and they were just—they're the band that are kind of—they're not just in it to, to to play the music, and you know that they're there to fully kind of em, embrace the scene and enhance the scene and make it a better thing. It's almost like you know used to say skateboarding's—you know—it's a way of life. It's almost like for Sidewinder, you know, yeah. crossover thrash is a way of life for them. It really is part of the whole—you know—what they are. It's—you know—I'm sure they've all got they've got jobs and you know it's kind of a real is such a big part of them and when they get back to playing live i'm sure they're going to be tearing up tearing up those venues because you know not only is the music brutal as anything i'm sure the live scenes and it was good to it was good to hear them calling out the crowd killing as well saying they're not into it because yeah likewise it's uh it just seems silly if you're there you just want to be enjoying the music not getting a boot in your lug hole yes that can fuck everyone off can't it yeah absolutely absolutely and it's almost like they were saying yeah we don't really consciously write crossover we just write loads of riffs and it comes out as it does and it's almost like crossover has chosen them as opposed to them choosing crossover which is a i always think is really good it just naturally falls into place for them so yeah yeah great stuff um let's talk quickly about um so thank you for that neil um we look forward to the next one as ever brilliant um and your coming weeks for uh, what's coming on your site let's talk about the homework let's f- finish up uh, just before we go on to what uh, the members have been listening to because we both had a bit of a homework to uh, to listen to didn't we we did and i'm i'm in detention because i didn't quite finish mine because you know some homework you get and you think right i'm gonna i'm going in with an excuse that you know i was doing it in my shed and my shed blew up or something like yeah. that or my my gerbil ate my homework. It was a bit like that this week. I had in flames with Come Clarity. This okay. was um, yeah, 2008 album from the D'Andrade years. And it started off all right. The first track I remember from a Metal Hammer okay. CD back in the day. It was called The Mirror's Truth. And yeah, that was no problem with that. And I was thinking, here we go. I, I think I'm going to get into this. By about track two and a half, I was already nearly checking out. Oh. Uh, whilst, whilst the... That, that kind of very catchy anthemic mellow death you know almost metalcore sound that in flames have 
I just found it very, very hard work. I don't know if it was because of the vocals. I just found it. I just thought if they had maybe a bit more of a a singer who could sing as opposed to a singer who can shout and shouting's fine and it works, you know, with you know so many bands. I just felt that it was tiresome and I just really couldn't get into it. It's a bit like when we saw In Flames on the main stage a download a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. I think after about two songs there just there was just nothing that engaged me in them at all you 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 seen you seen everything that they had to give exactly and that's kind of what i felt about this album there'll be people now going oh no they're kind of pioneers of that mm. early melodic death thing from you know gothenburg or sweet you know wherever the the sound is attributed to and they were big pioneers of that and i appreciate that and i'm sure 10 years before this it may have been a lot more exciting than i found this album this for me is um this is your your joe quail mate it's uh, it oh, didn't okay. do anything for me fair well okay mate well i don't feel so bad now because i had two bits of homework i got ambitious didn't i and uh one that i will talk about later i'll put that in my top three is not to, in my three because uh, we were on the strict three rule for what you've been listening to but uh, my homework was uh, your recommendation to me, also from 2008, which was your old mate, Opeth. And? Yeah, like you, I, I, I couldn't finish it. And it's not because I, I didn't like it. I just find with Opeth, um, there's lots and lots of music to digest. And it's almost like um, they have... Each song is like an album's worth of material for me. And I've got to go, right, I'm going to have a little break from that because it's just, I'm not really taking it in now. Um, I can only sort of like take one, two, three Opeth songs at a time, certainly on album uh, uh, at a time in at one. And then I've got to have a little break from it. Do you know what I mean? So, and I got to, I think I got about two thirds of the way through and I, I haven't gone back and listened to the end of it yet. Which you probably won't do then, will you? Uh, but possibly. It's it's on there. I mean, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I mean, I know what you say about the first one, where it was like, uh, I thought it sounded like Stairway to Heaven, to be honest. <laughs> but um, is it a concept album? I, I, I don't know, mate. Uh, I really don't know. Was it Watershed? But it, Better say it's Watershed by uh, Opeth, yeah. Yeah. I, isn't it funny, though, that you can have a almost like a folk duet acoustic ballad at the beginning and then you've got some brutal death metal going on two songs later yeah it was a bit of a a flip-flop but it kind of worked and i kind of expected that from opeth now that doesn't really hold much of a secret to me i know that they have that end of them and i know that they can go you know really brutal and compete with anyone so that that was absolutely fine i I didn't mind it's just lots and lots in there and lots of time changes and all the rest of it, they just don't hypnotise me as things like uh, Meshuggah do. I do have to sit and listen to them, do you know what I mean? And sometimes I think, right, okay, I've, I've got to have a little bit of a break from that. It's not it's not easy listening, I guess, is what I'm saying. That's fair enough, and it's not for everyone. It's um, it, it really isn't an immediate, instant listen sometimes, Opeth. You're not going to mm. listen to it and go, yeah, that's got me, you know, I'm, I'm hooked, that's it, straight away. Some people will, but it's not for everyone. But, mm. you know, at least you gave it a go, and whilst you, you know, were in detention as well, it, it's, yeah. um, 
You've yeah. tried. We, we got bought. Yeah, it was a bollock. Must do harder. Must try harder. Must try harder. Right. Never amount to nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, shall we see what the uh, what the members have got to say and what Absolutely. they've been listening to in this week? Did you hear about that lacuna coil? They had a bit of a um, rage against the machine sort of thing. I don't know what that was about. I only saw that when you posted the – or since you've posted it and I've seen um, what the members have been – listening to i've had a look and uh i didn't i wasn't aware of it no no so i'll have to investigate that further um so lee shep is the first one that got in there the big posted fight shep sorry it was posted five hours ago watching argentinian zombie films and listening to black evil german thrash like an angrier destruction sounds angry doesn't it that is angry angrier angrier than destruction Tim Finch. So, what's Tim been up to? Um, the Ghost Black Back Catalogue. Mm-hmm. Um, TV's been listening to, be- watching Behind Her Eyes. Do you know that? Uh, yes, I do. And podcasts, the usual podcasts, and TTMAO TFC, and The Razor's Edge, and more. And more. Thank you very much, Tim. Appreciate that. Um, we have got someone else that's been on the show, Mr. Neil Brannigan Fuller, immediately afterwards. Uh, between Clutch Stuff, Maiden Daily, UK Thrashes, Moshing the Roof on, I've mainly been listening to Old School Death Thrash from Sweden and The Crown, upcoming new album, Royal Destroyer, Australian Thrash from Hidden Intent, and their new album, Dead End Destinies, and still lots to play off the upcoming enforced album, Kill Grid, which is kicking my ass. So whilst it looks like uh, he, he's had about a choice of 30 different albums there, I think he has only had three choices. There were three choices in there, yeah. Oh, Rich Tricky Hudson. He's been listening to Entombed, Wolverine Blues, and Morbid Angel, Blessed Other Sick, amongst others, whilst hitting the squats and deadlifts. That right, he has. Got nostalgic and binge watch, binge binge-watched Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I had my first COVID vax last week. My arm has hurt a bit and a bit of a headache, but I'm okay, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh, well, it's always good to get that first jab, mate. So uh, good on you. Good on you, mate. That's great. Thank you for that. Uh, Jason Manley, the new albums from Alice Cooper, Architects, and No Effects, all great. And a good very stuff, Yeah, good mix there, mate. Thank you, mate. Paul Hutchins, I've spent all day staring at the Creator box set and playing Creator. What? That's the guillotine one, isn't it? That. Um, oh, I've... yeah, that's right. It's, yeah, absolutely. And um, I think um, looking at some of the pictures of that over the past few weeks, it's just um, and listening to H's. Uh, Talking Bollocks podcast with Miles Hackett. Miles yes. was involved heavily, wasn't he? The custodian of Noise Records now works at BMG, but the custodian who was so heavily involved in that creator box set, what a great job he seems to have done, mm-hmm. as he did with the Motorhead box set mm-hmm. as well. So I think they've hit on the hit on the point that people are going to spend that kind of money, you know, a couple of hundred quid, 150 quid, whatever it was. But if they're going to, they're not going to get taken the piss out. No. They're, they're gonna, they want something for that money, but you're getting a hell of a lot for your money. And look at the detail by the look of that picture there of what you know Paul has bought and what I've seen over the past few weeks. You're getting so much for your money. De- oh, yeah, definitely. If you're a creative fan, this is well worth it. So um, good job 
on that box set. Well done. Um, maybe you could do a little unboxing video for us. That would be good. If someone could do an unboxing creator and just add a few bits and pieces in there, that would be great. Um, and, it, and it must be good because it's the only one mention that Paul's got. He hasn't he hasn't mentioned no. anything else. So nope. unless he unless he's come back later on to trick us. To trick Well, there's about 25 albums in that box, isn't there? So uh, that's yeah, pretty so. cool. Uh, Stuart Jardine, Anacrusis, Reason, uh, Gravesend, Methods of Human Disposal, and Netflix, Behind Her Eyes, another one for Behind Her Eyes. John Wig, Alice Cooper, Detroit Stories, Eternal Champion, Ravening Iron, Ravening Iron, and the Melvins, Working With God. Cool, nice one. Um, always up for a bit of Buzz Osborne. Uh, John Deary, listening to Through Chaos and Solitude, One Inch of Peace, Raging Speedhorn back catalogue, and watching Korean horrors. Surprisingly good start, well dubbed in English. Mm, cool. That's horror movies, then. Is it Korean horrors, or is that another Netflix? I, I assume that is a genre on its own. Uh, Graham Meldrum, yeah, he's, he's got the hat trick. He got that for documentary about the Descendants, and then binged all their albums plus some of the all, all some of the some of the all ones too. Also, the Acid Rain stuff. So I think the isn't the filmage documentary the one as a result of the guy from the Descendants also having a brain tumor. Oh, similar similar to James Murphy, and a documentary was made. And uh, this filmage, I think, is the look at that as a result. Oh, okay. No, don't know a lot about the Descendants, so I, I bow down to your wisdom. And you said it with confidence as well, so it's got to be true. So, yes. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. I'll do something else then. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Mike Todd, nice to uh, hear from you. Oh, what's this about Lacuna Coil? Where can I see it? Um, it's dotted all around the internet. They were doing a uh, a live stream and they came on, didn't play anything. And I don't think even Christiana, is it Scabia? I don't think she even tipped up. So, big protest going on. No, I've no idea. I don't know what political, I don't know why. Uh, I I will tear it down if it's something too political. I should have really. I do you know what? I should have read the article. Really, um, but I didn't. Anyway, Mike goes on. Uh, get the bolt thrower albums out and see. And been listening to those, so that's got a bit of bolt thrower going on. Nothing wrong with that. And with Death Metal Week coming up, who's to say they're not going to feature? Yeah, we'll talk about that. Hey, afterwards, Julius yeah. Caesar, Goat Whore is one of the most underrated metal bands ever. Devil Driver definitely jams and some old school because you can't go wrong with any of these 90s great metal and he's got Entombed Left Hand Path. Yes, we'll pick that one out because uh, that's in the Hall of Fame, of course. Um, Kevin Adamson, uh, which is, uh, sorry, before we go on to Kevin, uh, the Left Hand Path one, is If By Magic is in the Hall of Fame because it was the Death Metal Wildcard. It was. Brilliant. Uh, Kevin Adamson, uh, that intro is getting more like the start of Gogglebox each week. I did think about that, actually. I'd almost done it deliberately. Anyway, it has included uh, Between the Buried and Me, Coma Eplectic, Overkill Under the Influence, and Heaven Shall Burn, The Truth of Silence. I should have read like that. I should have read all of that like the fella from Gogglebox. The intro is getting more like the start of Gogglebox this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. Very good. 
Jones. Ancient Fisdom or Wisdom, Godlike Inferno, 10th anniversary release, lots of pretty coloured vinyl. He liked a bit of vinyl, didn't he? Good man. Saxon, Dogs of War and Diamond Head live in London. Ah, very good. Nice and different again. Uh, Paul, uh, Neil Bolton, uh, he of the bangers. Uh, Mastiff, The Plague, Mastodon, Mastodon, Emperor of Sand and Gujira. From Mars to Sirius. So that's obviously an older jam, I take it. Matthew C.G. Green, The Law by Exorder, Time Heals Nothing by Crowbar, and Seventh Son of a Seventh Son by Maiden. Oh, absolutely. That's a, I think, I think, I call it now, I think that's going to come out of my number one Maiden album. Um, the, and without further ado, interest is the nicest man in the club, Darren Rob. Hello, you lovely boys. Hope you're doing well. Apart from club stuff, I've been listening to. Um, is that Paran? Go on, help me out. Paranorm. Paranorm is. Oh yes, it is Paranorm. Um, uh, Detritus myths and Angelus Apatrida self-title. Who's the best? Carl and Robbie. We know. Thank you, Darren. So when we, were, when we were talking earlier about having people on to do a little um, little tidbit, a little soundscape, a little vocal, yeah, it, it, it would be lovely to get Darren on here. But I just fear that um, it's just too nice, and um, it'd just be saying just nice things about everyone, and we wouldn't be able to get him off, would we? No, no, that's it'd that be on there for too long. <laughs> it'd be saying nice things about every individual member. Yes, yes, he would be. So, but if he wants to do a little skit, then yes, he can. Right, what we got here? We got Chris Gambold. So he's been listening to, what should we go with? We go Mogwai as the love continues. And he watched How to Fix a Drug Scandal and White House Farm on Netflix. He's also Mario Bava's Baron. Bring on a minute. Is this a tongue twister? Mario Bava's Baron Blood and Sator on DVD. Oh, okay. So, um, and and I think Chris is bang in line for having a little something on a on the podcast isn't he some you know he's um he's a, he, he writes for fun and i'm just wondering whether he might uh, do, do do something for us i don't know well we know that he's got a couple of bits and pieces coming us hasn't he uh, i know yeah. certainly he's followed the leader's piece we've got something so he might be able to do a, an introduction in the future or uh, a summary of that piece he might be able to do it vocally for us Definitely. Um, Gareth Pugh, nice to hear from you, Gareth. Nuclear Assault, game over to new order. Um, out of order, sorry. Uh, Behemoth, I loved you at your darkest and the Satanist, don't tell anyone. And watching Forensics, the real CSI on the BBC iPlayer. So thank you for that, mate. That's brilliant. Good stuff, Gareth. Another mention for Enforce, this time it's At the Walls, Forbidden full discography and Sam Gopal escalator. Cool. Thank you, Alvaro. That is brilliant. Thank you very much. And um, is that enforced? I assume that is out now. Um, no, Mo- that's, that's not. Um, their new album is called Kill Grid, and that's out, I think, next week. Oh, okay. That's the one. So. That's the droids I am looking for. Um, so Chris Jennings has posted a link to Metal Worship, the five thrash albums you need to hear in February 2001. Shall I dare and click? Dare and click. Let's have a click. Let's okay, have a... it's just warming up. And we're going to do the top three um, on, on Metal Worship. It's taking ages to load. Do you want to do the next one while this is loading? Well, he's got, yeah. Uh, he's, he's got Angela and Sapatrida. So there's their self-titled. He's got that. He's then got Toddler Tour. 
rejoiced in the suffering from the United States. Uh, he's a, a Queen's right guy, isn't he? Toddler tour. Oh, okay. And then he's got detritus. Miffs, the UK thrashers, detritus. So, yeah, brilliant. And um, maybe we could link his little, um, in the comments, we could certainly link the, the link as well. Cool. I'll do John Beavis then. Still got Angelus Apatrida spinning in the car, loving it. Also played Overkill, White Devil Armory, and Creator Terrible Certainty. Thrash-tastic there, John. Brilliant. Yeah, good stuff. There's PD. Uh, a, a pop, you're going to have to help me out this Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. A, 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 a Scroll. A ZZ Top. ZZ Top, the top, <laughs> Fandango, Magazine, Secondhand, Daylight. Brilliant. Thank you, mate. Okay. Uh, Neil Coggins, All Consumed, Rise of the Godless, Preston Death Metal Band, demo tracks of the new album. Um, he's he's also gone for some older stuff. He's gone for Death Row, Deception Ignored, and uh, my old mate, uh, Asphyx, The Rack. Good stuff. Cheers, Neil. Jamie Kinghorn, he of the speed reading book review audio, Death Human, watching, finally watching Breaking Bad and staying up to date with WandaVision. Nice. I like you, I'm on the Breaking Bad, Jamie. It's taken me a while to get through it, but I'm probably about 10 from the end. It's taken me 10 years to get around to watching it, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's pretty good. Cool. Um, and then lastly, but by no means least, we've got Andrew Matthews still watching What We Do in the Shadows, listening to random stuff, also listening to The Father-in-Law's Waffle. Oh, good. So, um, I think they are a new death metal band out of Florida. They are, yeah. They're more progressive death. But they're, oh, okay. They're, yeah, but still trenched in death metal. Yes, yes. Fa Father-in-Law's Waffle. Absolutely yeah. fantastic band. Tip to play Damnation this year, but struggling to get visas to come over. And their, their logo isn't particularly readable either, so yes. I don't think they're going to go anywhere, really, that band. No, it's a lot of pick-up sticks, so that's fine. So um, the question I've got to you, for you, is what have you been listening to? Well, Carl, what have I been listening to? You mentioned, or I think you did, Jason Manley, one of our members, he, he chose... He, said a couple of his albums there, three of his albums that he's been listening to. Jason is going to be doing a T90 in a couple of weeks' time, and so I've been communicating with Jason on that. And he also mentioned while he was doing that that he has a show on Radio Glamorgan. Oh, yes, and yes. Yeah, yeah. So Tuesday night, 9 till 12, it's a evening show, and Jason plays a kind of a mixture of everything, really. It's not just metal, but uh, I started listening to it on yeah last tuesday 9 p.m and it started off and it was a, I don't know, it's a kind of a pop song and then a few songs later he started ble blasting out discharge protest and survive <laughs> so imagine that you're lying in your hospital bed and uh, you're getting a bit of a uh, protest and survive going on so anyway he he then has a particularly a particularly rock centered and metal centered section called the rock block and that's for half an hour and in this section get this if you're lying in your hospital bed and you hear these belters coming out you had flotsam and jetsam twisted sister leatherface rob zombie um and then docken but the, you know there was there was still to, I, i'd settle for a bit of docken if i'm lying in mind you it might make me feel worse but anyway <laughs> it was 
a great mixture of songs it not just in there you, there were still some decent songs in amongst all the all, all of the kind of the the show that i was I didn't listen to it all, but it was great to hear. I always like it when you hear someone else that's passionate about doing something, that can talk about something much better than I can, but it's actually quite happy to get out there and to help people as well, mm. to spread, you know, to just share their views, share their music. And these are for people, volunteers that are going out there and, you know, working with people This in hospital, radio. Um, and it's just fantastic. It started in 1967 out of the university. I think they're based at the University Hospital of Wales. Mm -hmm. And it's just great when you hear someone that's passionate about playing music. And, it, yeah, it, it's well worth it. So if anyone wants to check Jason's show out, it's 9 p.m. to 12 a.m., Radio Glamorgan, check it out on yeah, radioglamorgan.com, I suppose. And, um, you know, I think they're often seen as the pillars of community, aren't they? The kind of hospital radios and that. And there's some great music there. So definitely check that out. Brilliant. That's one. One. The other one, I'm going to say Listel. Okay. Delicate. It's a new EP. I reviewed it for Razor's Edge and just a fantastic post-hardcore modern kind of alternative, I wouldn't say metal, but kind of alternative hardcore album really. Quite emotional, quite uh, catchy, poppy, anthemic, just a really good listen. What are they called, sorry? Lastel. They're from Oxford. They're uh, okay. guitar-driven guitar-driven on most of the bands we listen to guitar-driven and um, yeah kind of a post-hardcore band is the kind of sub-genre they fall into so it's kind of more of a noisy post-punky um, post all these fucking terms they're just a guitar heavy rock metal band that you should really check out cool sounds good now for your final pick mate make it a good one but my final pick, I really enjoyed the new Blacklist song. Oh, okay. Blood on the Sand, it came out on, it's coming out on this Friday, but I reviewed it for UK Thrashers, and it's a, it's a belter of an upbeat, classic sounding thrash song but it's just so modern and vibrant and uh, again it's drawn my attention to the name of blacklist i know when we had them starting the show uh, a couple of weeks ago mm. it was like oh you've just gone through into a bar the saloon doors are going open and blacklist music playing it's, it's just all hell breaking loose well this is kind of like a, a continuation of that it's just it's, it's just wait till friday and have a listen yeah. it's fantastic brilliant look forward to that I'll make sure I, you know, chance to be a fine thing to walk into a bar at the moment. But yeah, that's um, that's a good soundtrack for it. So um, happy with your three, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, something all all a bit varied, so it's yeah. all good. Good, good. Uh, I had three, uh, quite varied as well. Um, of course, listening to all the fresh stuff on for the club. So got all of my feel there. But in between that, <clears throat> I got the new Alice Cooper album, Detroit Stories which got a couple of mentions, very varied. Um, it's got sort of some dirty rock. It's more dirty rock and roll than what you're probably used to with Alice Cooper. Although he did have 
I think the album was Dirty Diamonds where he kind of went back to this Detroit sound again. But there are some other things, like a funk song in there. And you know that song, um, what's the song from the 60s? Um, Flowers in the Rain. He's got a song that sounds like that. So it's it's almost going back to that 60s um, Woodstocky era kind of rock sort of thing that he's um he's playing out with this new album which is quite interesting because he always said um alice cooper the band were the dagger that drove that was driven through the heart of the hippie generation so it's quite interesting that he's gone back to to uh, fulfill some of that sound um the other thing was the other the uh, second album was um my second piece of homework which was amon amarth with twilight of the thunder gods and it's Again, whenever I pick up um, a Monomath album, I'm thinking, yeah, why don't I should listen to them a bit more. They're sort of like the most accessible death metal band going. Um, to call them death metal would be wrong, I'd sp- I suppose. But they do have that kind of overtone. Um, I just find the singing a little bit one-dimensional all the way going through, but certainly listenable and no problem at all. 45 minutes, good stuff there. And then for the classic album of the week, um, an absolute banger of an album, Blue Oyster Cult, Secret Treaties. Listen to that a few times over over this week. I thought it was absolutely belting. Uh, a real kind of hard rock album with always a slightly sinister, uncomfortable undertone running through it, whether it be lyrics or weird instruments or strange guitaring. You're never that far away from it. Oh, that sounds a bit... Hmm. Is that a new one of theirs? Is it an old one? It is an old one. I think it's just 74 it? or okay. something like that. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's older than dirt, mate. But it is, it's absolutely brilliant. They're, they're, I mean, I have... This is the second album I've, record, I've, I've listened to for uh, the classic rock of the... The classic album of the Wheat Club. And both of the... They're both are without Fear the Reaper on there. That Fear the Reaper really is a a, a unit friendly, a, a radio friendly unit shifter because this, like I said, it's quite silly. It's like, you know, when you're watching a documentary about a cult, they play this and they played Blue Oyster Cult nonstop for three to four weeks before there wow. was mass suicide. It's kind of like that. It just has that sinister edge. Did you just make that up or did that actually happen? Let's. So, yeah, let's say it happened. It happened at uh, the Branch Davidian just before the tax went in. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there, there you go. There, there's my trio of uh, of lovelies, mate. Yeah, nice and varied again. I know what you mean about old Johan with a monomath. It's such melodic, wonderful guitars going. It's got, it's got a crunch, hasn't it? The, mm. the riffs are heavy as anything, but it, it's just that vocal. It's very, very hard to kind of stomach at times, isn't it? Yeah, and I just I just didn't think he varied it enough for me. It was just like, rah, 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 and then the next song, rah, 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 you know, it's sort of like, oh, okay. It's, you could almost isolate the vocal track and put them on any of the other songs. You know, that's, yeah. I just, I, you know, and I quite like that delivery, but not a whole album. I need something a little bit more than that. Um, but, you know, it was, it was good. It was good. It was solid seven. That's all right, though. Hall of Fame. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I would have no trouble going back to that at all. So, so if that got if that uh, got into the 
that got into the uh, Omnium, that could win the that that could quite easily get into the Hall of Fame, and it could be up there. But um, it's not. It, would it? Could it? I'm on a half. They're death metal, aren't they? <laughs> Well, yeah, are no. they death metal? They are, they've got death metal kind of to their sound, but... Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I think if you call them death metal, I wouldn't give you a long argument about it. Although if you're really into death metal and all you listen to is death metal, I don't think you've got a lot of them on a math in your collection. Yeah, I think they're more. They're, they're certainly more melodic, and certainly at this end of the, the death metal side, aren't they? But mm. I suppose if you're going to say what, what type of music to... A monomath play. You're not going to say thrash metal. You're, no. you're not going to play black metal, heavy metal. You're well, it's kind of death metal, isn't it? So, but kind of moving on from that, then death metal, Carl. Yes. So what we've got, and I shall I shall give you the dates. So we're so we're all on the same wavelength, shall I? I Please think, do. Okay. Please. So on. Uh, well, I, I say I'm going to give you the dates. So. Um, Next weekend, this weekend coming up, we've picked out a brilliant thrash of the Titans. So there's no problem at all. And then the weekend after is like a spare week. But it's not actually a spare week because that is actually going to be the death metal omnium. So how... And that is for the death metal... um, uh, the death metal um, wildcard week that is coming up on, and I, I will find the date if you bear with me. Uh, I just go that's on another tab. That's on the 29th. We post the death metal album on the 29th of the 4th. So uh, we need to get, this is the, the next available Omnium slot um, or pole spare pole day that isn't a thrash of the titans before death metal wildcard week so basically long and short we need to think next weekend how we are going to run a poll to see what death metal album we listen to and which bands go in well this is uh you can do a bit of live housekeeping i have had a little bit of a thought of it because i quite like the chaos of the um anything goes anyone can post any album and um if people want to vote for more than one of course they can definitely i think it's a good idea do we retire Entomb to back out of it because if Entomb go again they're going there could be double bubble back in again i think you know as long as we haven't featured the albums before i don't see why not i mean if people want to you know it is death metal week it's not our special we've got to enjoy the album that we pick and if people want to choose um clandestine or or indeed wolverine blues um then yeah if 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 someone rams it up the flagpole and enough people vote for it that's what we'll do absolutely and interestingly there you you know you you left hand path and clandestine very very death metal albums and even wolverine blues to a point it, although it's just the start of Entomb changing their sound. The albums that followed after that, that kind of how to shoot, ride and kill, yeah. whatever it was called. If someone posted that as a death metal thing, because it's by Entomb, but it's not a death metal album, where do we kind of, do we kind of, it, it, it's not going to, it's not going to win the Omnium, is it? It's going to yes. be a classic death metal album here, but, you know, I, I suppose I shouldn't be worrying about that because it's not going to happen. So carry on. 
Yeah, I think I think if anything, if someone uh, puts a non-death metal album up, let's say for a laugh, they say, "Yeah, Metallica, kill them all." We'll take that out, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, no. we will be the custodians of what counts as death metal for us. But we we all know the score. We know that it's there. Um, but how do you feel about the free for all, or do you think that there no, should? No, I think I, I, I love that because I think it's it puts everything back onto the members. It's not me and you kind of coming mm. up with Dictating the members it, yeah. are, are as important and it, as part of the club as we are. And I think there's no point me and you choosing six albums. We're each putting them to a vote and people choosing them. It's just let's let people put the ones they want to see up there. Mm, definitely. And then it's kind of like you know when it wins outright and fair, it's like well. You know, we put it there. Members put it there. It's, it's, you know, it's not no one else's decision. It's almost like the vote. It's, it's yeah. there for everyone. Yeah. So I think though, uh, we've got to choose a death metal album between us each to get the poll running that people can add to. Yeah. Okay. So have you got one off the top of your head right now, or do you need some time to think? Uh, well, I've got a handful of death metal albums that I would, I would love to see featured and i'm gonna i would have probably said possessed seven churches but that's in the omnium in the omnium it's in our thrash of the titan because it is a kind of thrashy death metal album but i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm not gonna go with death because we've had them before although i think human is one of the fantastic ones that i could go for what are you thinking what am i thinking what are you thinking? What are, What are you thinking? What I think. Well, okay, while you think, then I'll. Uh, I, I will think. I mean, can I put testimony of the ancients in the in the bag for for pestilence? Absolutely. Uh, just because I know it didn't get very far, or do I go Alls of Madness by uh, Morbid Angel? I'm definitely, you know, my my. I admit that my death metal knowledge is isn't as vast and as wide. But um, I do like the classics, so I am. I'm thinking all about the classics, you know, the bolt throwers, uh, you know, the, the morbid angels. But I think they will be covered. I think somebody will put them in. Um, so I, but they may not put pestilence in. So I am going to go pestilence. Testimony of the ancients. Okay. No, I, I hear what you're saying about the classics, and you know the cause of death in there or slowly we rot that it's probably going to come out true but likewise for a band that aren't going to get probably covered in our club unless they they win an omnium i'm going to go with blackwater park by opeth no not not a not a straightforward um death metal album it's a progressive metal album, but there's death metal elements to it. I think people are going to be voting for albums and you're going to be, be skirting that line of what is death metal. And I think this is one of those albums. It's not going to win the Omnium, but I think it might generate a lot of conversation and people talking. And that's what I love seeing in these kind of little votes, little features. And that's where I'm going to put my, um, yeah, I'm going to put my one in there at that. Cause whilst, Cause of death, or what was a madness, or blessed are the sick. Um, blessed are the sick. Uh, yeah, blessed are the sick. Are possibly going to win this. It's it's great. I think if we can champion something we're passionate about. Well, why don't we as well? Uh, seeing as the hierarchy are listening to this, 
and we have got another week before another weekend in between before this goes up. Shall we let the uh, members in the comments? Uh, they can they can suggest an album that starts the poll as well with those two albums. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely. So we so we've got a we've got a bunch on there because it might be by default one of those two because they're on the poll for the longest, which might seem unfair. We want to be as fair as we can. So can the hierarchy your death metal albums that you would like to see up? We'll put them all up there, and then you can vote for as many as you like. But one, yeah, one comment. One album per member, shall we say? Yeah. yeah, that's that's better. So it's not complete fucking chaos. Yeah, and someone putting up twenty five albums of goodness knows what. Um, that would be good. So you got one out. If you want to put stick an album on, you can stick an album on. The hierarchy can have two because they're the hierarchy. They're they're because we won't know who they are. But we always see being added by being added by. Yeah. And if you get add more than one. I'll take it off. But the hierarchy, seeing as they are, are, are neck deep in the club, they can suggest one in the comments. We'll put that on the original poll when it gets released uh, here on Saturday morning. And if they want to add another one, they can add another one. Absolutely. Oh, sorted. Sorted. And then we'll find out who our death metal album. And then um, if we find out who has suggested it, they can write the poll for, they can write the post for, Death Metal Week. And maybe they could come on with a little voice too big. <laughs> maybe they, if they want to. Yes, we'll, they can. We're pushing ourselves out of the podcast. By the end, we're going to have like a, a two-minute section of me and you going, well, thanks to everyone, and here's everyone else. But that's cool. <laughs> it's cool if that's how it works. That's yeah, cool. definitely, definitely. All right, then, mate. Well, we're going to finish up, aren't we, with some more Thrash Squatch. Yeah, a little bit of thrash watch. The Chesterfield's finest crossover merchants. Not, Absolutely, not yeah. to be confused with the LA band that really. No, I think that's Thrash Quatch, though, isn't it? Thrash Quatch. Who like? It's still a decent, decent band, though. Yes, yes, they are. So, um, but don't be confused. So uh, that that's cool. And the track we're playing out with is called Black Hole. So um, great. Have a listen to that and stay right till the very end. Really appreciate everyone here who's got to the end of the podcast, another podcast 62 done. And how are you feeling, Robbie? Rejuvenated now. All that talk of thrash, death metal and, um, yeah, good music. It's a bit of a chat with me, old mate. It's uh, perked me up a little bit, so I'm not feeling too bad now. You won't be able to get to bed. You'll be wired for sound, won't you, like Cliff Richard? Buzzing, absolutely buzzing. Absolutely buzzing. Uh, thanks to everyone for the activities in the club. It's been brilliant as ever. And thanks to everyone that is listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, have you got some final words, Robbie? Say say something amusing. I don't know about amusing, but that they might not win the Death Metal Omnium, but I have had confirmed whilst we've been on air that father-in-law's waffle have been confirmed for brutal assault this year <laughs> fantastic fantastic for um uh, father-in-law's waffle absolutely brilliant for them can't you know just a, a great step forward in that band's career um uh my final words are this is for you robbie go to sleep go to sleep 
ですよ Black hole, the most destructive force in the universe. And you've created one. Absolutely. 